Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to season one, episode three of the Life Short Live Free podcast. The best damn free to podcast out there. We got an awesome show lined up for you today. We got a guest in studio, actually, Scott. He is a Air Force tanker pilot, as well as used to be a F-16 pilot. Just a super interesting guy. We have we have a great conversation. Uh, anything from flying the tankers and F-16s to artillery and aliens, drones and AI. And then we're uh, Billy Ray and the Rooster actually crashed the party for a little while. <laughs> so don't miss this one, guys. It's a great episode. Uh, before we dive into the show, we do have some sponsors I'd like to thank, the first of which is Ballistic Imagery, photography and videography, hard-hitting imagery making an impact on your company. Find them on Facebook and BallisticImagery.com. We're also brought to you by Shyworks, Iowa's customer-preferred Cerakote applicator. Check them out at Shyworks.com as well as on Facebook and Twitter for all your Cerakote needs. You can also use coupon code LSLF. 10 gets you 10% off everything on the website. So go and check those out. And now, without further ado, let's dive into the show. All right. Well, everybody ready? Let's let's actually dive into the dive into the. Box. Okay. You need to mix a drink. Or you're good to go. No. Um. I just started this new tradition, Scott, where we start the show, start every show with a shot of whiskey. Oh ah, yeah. Are you interested? Okay. We can try it. I, I don't might. think Sam's interested. Uh. I, yeah, I, he's gonna make what, that so, sound every day. When when uh when I do shots of whiskey, yeah, usually it's difficult. Sometimes I just puke right then and there. So, <laughs> just be forewarned, okay? If this is uh, so wild turkey might be. Oh a bad god! <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah, that's a that's a horrible right choice. Right I picked that one. Okay, box fine. But last time you we drank these are like no, I'm not gonna do it as much. Massive as ass time. shot glasses, and last time yeah. he like filled it to the brim. It's Sunday morning. He's like, here you go. Have a shot. I, I better have like a, a quarter or yeah, a half just, of that. Just be yeah, a baby. I wonder. I better have a chase or two. That's not whiskey. I uh, got. I have some Sprite sitting over here. If that works. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah, you bet. There you go. So what made you? What? Why do you have wild turkey? Anyways, it's one of our whiskeys. It looks like we've drank an awful lot of it. <laughs> <It's a mess. laughs> nope. No. No. Yeah. But the neck is empty. But that's just from what you just poured. All right. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, We'll just roll with it. Then. I mean, it is Tuesday night. It at least is not Sunday morning, so we got that it's, going for it's us. It's women's golf league. Somebody's getting drunk somewhere. That's right. Well, so are we. So that's all right. I haven't drank out of that yet. So, all right. Well, I guess. Uh, guess cheers. Cheers. Can't reach you, but still living free, and uh... that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I remember it. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, baby. Wow, I wasn't half bad actually. No, better than I remember. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. As he sits up nice and tall in his chair, yeah, that's, he, that's the exact reason. Swallowing <laughs> a lot, a lot. Your mouth is yeah, watering a little just bit. Watered away. Yeah, that's the whole reason I wanted to start doing the taking shots at the beginning of your show, kind of get the energy up and get you going. Plus, it uh, makes you more tolerant of it, so you don't look like a pussy. I'm- yeah, exactly. Thursday night golf league when everybody starts to do wild turkey one on one shots. <laughs> I haven't been there for that yet, but if it ever happens, <laughs> see, we're doing you a favor. We're going to be ready. Well, there you go. Hell yeah, we'll be ready. All right, guys. So if you notice uh, another voice on the the podcast, obviously we got the usuals: myself, Sam, and Box. But then we are we are actually joined by Scott over there, right across from me. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thanks, guys. Great to be, good to be here. Good to be here. He is a uh, pilot. Uh, that uh, flies for uh, the 185th, and he flies uh, the big old tankers, and he used to be a fighter pilot as well. 
So yeah, we thought it'd be uh we thought it'd be kind of interesting to to have him on the show. So uh yeah, quite the initiation though, box. Jeez. The wild oh, turkey. Wild turkey. Wild <laughs> He's like I I'm sorry, you struck me like a wild turkey kind of guy. Hey. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a compliment. It's, it was not as bad as I remember it, you know. It really wasn't for me either. Back in college, was it? Was that part of the one shot that the three wise men hunting turkey on a hot summer day in Mexico? You ever have that one? Uh, I've heard of three wise men, but the rest of that one, no. Yeah. Jack. That sounds like a Jack, whole bunch of shots. Jack, Jose, and Jim, wild turkey, tequila, and a little bit of, um, uh, what is it, sriracha. Oof, That sounds like dog yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It that is. sounds absolutely <laughs> horrible. <laughs> so. Have you had a prairie fire? That's that's the other half of it. The prairie fire is the other half of the... Right, the prairie fighters got got sriracha in the bottom too. Right? I just heard, yeah, same thing, Tabasco and, yeah. and tequila, oh, Tabasco. essentially. Okay. Yeah, sure. But that shot is probably, I think that's the worst shot I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, it's not. Bad. And I've had. Yeah, some, it's, it's just. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. Uh. Uh. You know, relative to each person, probably. Like, what's the that one is mine. That's fucking terrible. I mean, we have some tequila and Tabasco yeah, no. in there. Hard, hard <laughs> just, no. Oh man, I can't emphasize the no part of that enough. Absolutely not. <laughs> Something happened to me at the state wrestling when I was a senior in high school uh, that I can no longer drink tequila, uh, especially Jose Cuervo. <laughs> or just the smell of it or the thought of it makes me want to go. I was, it's, it's, I was the very same way for, for many, many years. I would walk into a house and I would know if someone was drinking tequila and I would yeah. have to go outside because yeah. it would make me want to vomit. It was it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I think everybody has that liquor. Yeah, everybody's guess, got one. Guess I, one. I bet you can't guess. Guess, what, guess what mine is. Man. Think total bitch. Oh, like gin? <laughs> like vodka? Oh, bitch. Uh, 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 uh. No, you, there's no way he's going to guess it. Uh, Is it like a liqueur of some kind? Apple pucker. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yep. Apple pucker? Yep. Oh, man. Mine actually, where did you say yours was? State wrestling. Mine, that's exactly what yeah. happened to me. State wrestling. Yep. Some hotel room with a bunch of buddies, and we didn't, we never really drank before. Yep. You know, in, in sports and stuff like that. And, I don't know. Someone's older brother went and hooked us up with like two cases of old Milwaukee's best. Oh yeah, the good stuff. Oh yeah, thirty pack for like five dollars back then, you know. And and uh, of course the the tequila. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mine was it was the same exact scenario. We we Oof. went to state wrestling every year. Um, just and we actually never went to state wrestling. Like I'd never been. In the I, arena? Yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Um, but we'd go and, and party and have a, gr- a grand old time. Uh, but this particular time we had, and we were in high school, you know, idiots. We had uh, a bottle of uh, apple pucker. And I don't know if I was just drinking that or the whole thing, but they all went to the strip club and I laid on the bathroom floor <laughs> and that was the pretty much end of my night. And that, 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 it was, it was, it was horrible. So now every time, like, even if there's a shot with apple in it, like even if it's crown apple or anything like that, it's like, Nope. No, thank you. Anything apple. Yeah. Not, not a fan. <clears throat> nope. I get it. Understandable. You said, uh, and this was at state wrestling. Did you, did you go to school here, Scott? No, I went to uh, MOC up in Sioux County, just north, Orange, oh, okay. Orange City. Right. I was the first class to graduate from, from, uh, from there as the, uh, well, I should say we, we combined schools and, uh, the middle school and the high school. And I, I was, I went through MOC Floyd Valley. Otherwise I was going to be a Floyd Valley kid, you know, farm kid from Hospers to the Hospers area, but, okay. but schools combined. So I graduated from MOC. Okay. So Dutchman, ironically. I, I uh, actually used to live in Hospers. Oh, you did? For a little while. No kidding. What year? 
Um, well, I went to school in Sheldon. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yep, um, I was there for three years. And then uh, two of those I lived in Sheldon. And then a year, like the last year, I, I moved in with a buddy in Hospers. Sure. Um, we had we had some good times there. Yeah. You know, it was mostly just because I lived with my buddy. But Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was fun. Nice and little town. It's it is, nice town. and it's a lot like you know, pretty much just like the town we live in now. It you know, is. Kingsley. It's yeah. about the about the same same size, same kind kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, same deal. Yeah. So, uh, what year did you graduate? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. So you'd be okay. You'd let be six years ahead of me. Though. A little older. I'm forty two. Okay. Yeah, forty two. So, all right. Yeah, I went to uh, graduated from there and joined uh, joined up uh, with the uh, Army National Guard. So I was in the Army first. I was a Cap Scout out of, Lam- out of Lamar's, actually. Okay. And then uh, went to college up in Brookings. Did did four years there and uh, got a commission. Went to the Army as an artillery officer. Did that for another five years, and then I crossed over to the Blue to fly jets. So I kind of took the long the long way of, of getting right. there. But hey, never too late, right? I'm proof. Yeah, the the artillery is always. I was just because uh, of the whole situation in Ukraine. I was a video I was watching talking about the artillery and how that shit all works. That shit's always fascinated me. Like, oh yeah, like how the hell, like how exact can they actually be? Like, I mean, when you call it an artillery strike, I mean they can hit a car yep. pretty easily, right? Depends, depends, right? right? So, so type of gun you're firing, and then what what you're what you're shooting, right? For for a for a projectile. Yeah. And and then uh, the firing solution, when I joined, it was all manual. Chart, charts and darts, we used to call it. Sure. And you took into effect everything, range, weather, ballistics, and uh, the curvature of the earth, uh, the rotation of the earth, mm-hmm. um, atmospheric pressure, all that kind of stuff that, that would go into what you would imagine long-range shooting, ultra-long-range shooting. Right. And, so when you say firing solution, that's like aiming, all the different things you take into account. All those things you take into account go in something called the FDC, the Fire Direction Center. They computate a firing solution that goes to the gun line. And depending on what gun you're on, obviously they're on different locations. You have one gun that's your aiming gun, right? And so he fires a a one round, and you have observers way downrange that are looking where it lands. Uh And then you adjust that fire off of that round, and you kind of walk it into the target. And then as soon as it's close enough where you know the barrage is going to hit what you want, yeah, you say fire for effect, and then all of the guns fire with that solution. Uh, okay, all right. So, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's it, it's neat how it all comes together when it comes together the way it's supposed to. Mm. It can get f-ed up pretty easily, and it <laughs> does sometimes. But yeah. So what's uh like what's you said like back then that was it was different. Like what how are they doing it now? Are they using like freaking GPS locating and all that shit. Yeah, I ab- assume absolutely computers. Uh, generate the solution. We still got guns that we need to put an elevation and azimuth in, right? Right. And we do that in mils, not degrees. Sixty-four hundred mils in a circle instead of three hundred sixty degrees. So it's 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 fine tuned, you know. Mm-hmm. And these artillery guns are shooting fifteen to twenty-five miles, depending on the projectile, right? I mean, they can some can shoot close. You can shoot closer than that, obviously, but uh, but that's about the range mm-hmm. for what you're shooting. And uh, the computer now generates the firing solution with all those things. Taken into account, so it happens a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gun line still does it the same way; they still walk it in and stuff like that. Now, if they're firing one thing at a precision target, you can actually lace those in. We have some uh, projectiles that will follow a laser beam, just like a bomb dropped off an F-16. Really? Yeah. See, the, the other thing that's always baffled me about that is, I mean, you're so dependent on the rounds being loaded the exact same and the exact same amount of powder behind them, Absolutely. you know, and the, that just always, always baffled me. Cause like, even like, 
when you're you're shooting a firearm, like, and you go and you you test you're testing speeds. I mean, they vary wildly. Like, yep. and it's more so it's closer when you're precision loading, but still, like, that's pretty impressive that they can get that freaking close. These um these rounds that are laser guided do have their own fins that pop out, so they mm-hmm. will steer a little bit, and you get a little a little grace from that. But okay, the uh, the old the the dumb rounds. I mean, the the, the funny saying in the army is you know. You've heard, you've heard close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Right. Uh, we say close only counts horseshoes, hand grenades, and the field artillery because it is an exact science. And rarely are you cornhole in the target. Usually it's an airburst type of a round, mm-hmm. and you're shooting 20 of them. So. Spray and pray, the old American method. You're darn right. <laughs> yeah. Not so different than it uh, was in uh, Vietnam or World War II, man. Yeah, so, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Huh. Well, with, that's the, with, the, with the traditional rounds, with, with the smart rounds that we have now, yeah, you can you can dial it in pretty good. Yeah, and we got rocket artillery now. That's a big part of it, you know, the MLRS systems, stuff like that. So they can they can put some pretty pretty precise fires downrange. Hmm. Those things. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be talking about artillery. Yeah, yeah, today. crazy. Yeah. A, uh, They're so, reaching reaching way back. Uh, yeah. So how did you how did you make the transition from you know artillery to 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 a pilot then? So I was in Iraq. Uh, I was in Iraq in 2004 and 2005, and I was with a, um, a unit that was an artillery unit. But we went over as a, what was called a security forces company, and so basically at that time the army didn't need uh, heavy artillery in Iraq. They'd already won the war, and now they were fighting insurgents. And so mm-hmm. anybody that was that could carry a gun or do a job was sent over as this. Uh, uh, I guess, quasi-infantry type of a unit. And so I did that for 15 months. We were over there a long time. And um, I got back from that, and uh, um, I was a, kind of a senior lieutenant, senior uh, uh, guy in, you know, in, the, in the company that, at that time. It got moved to staff, and I really was kind of looking. I was actually looking to get out. I was probably going to get out of the, the military. And I ended up going to this, uh, this banquet, this officer's banquet, and I ended up sitting at the same table as the uh, – the wing commander and the ops group commander of, of the Sioux Falls unit. Mm-hmm. And I told him my story and I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to probably you know, get out of the military and stuff. And, um, I, I had, I had some accolades from, from, from Iraq, things that, things had gone my way in, in, in some of the little fights and stuff that we got in. And it kind of, um, it was, it was, I was actually being recognized at that banquet. So that's why I was at a table with those guys and not, you know, with the rest of the lieutenants in the back uh, mm. getting, getting drunk and, and stuff. Yeah. And, and they, they said, Hey, you know, you should, you should come apply with us. And I'm like, what? I can't do that. What are you talking about? Come <laughs> fly airplanes. Like is, you can do that. And at this time I'm probably 26 years old and uh, 27. And they're like, yeah, just come apply. And they're like, they gave me some tips on how to be more, more, um, uh, uh, I guess, uh, competitive in the board. Because it's a it's a swimmer's race, you know. There's a lot of people applying for those slots, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know at the time. But yeah, I applied and got picked up, and they they sent me to sent me to pilot training, and away I went. Next thing you know, I was getting in airplanes every day. So yeah, it was a great crazy crazy transition. Crazy. So do, do they like uh, do like a bunch of physical testing on you too? Like do you you know check your eyes and your you know your physical fitness and all that shit? Or yeah yeah all that thing. You go through a flying class one physical where they check everything with a fine tooth comb and uh, yeah. And uh, I tell you what though, one of the biggest uh, misconceptions people think you got to have twenty twenty vision. That's what I was just going to ask fighters. you. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Really? You you have to be correctable to twenty twenty. There's a limit. There's a limit. And I don't know what it is, but but you can have eyes that are not perfect. Um, in fact, I knew a lot of pilots that wore contacts in the jet. Really? Yeah, several. Yeah. 
Cor- so. You say correctable to 2020. Does that mean then you, it has to be corrected to 2020 by yeah. the time you're flying? Okay. When you when you're when you're going through the the if like say let's say I, I have uh um, I have to wear contacts in the jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my profile for flying will say that. And when I do my eye test, I'm wearing my contacts and I better be able to see 2020 or they better be able to give me stronger contacts. And then I come back and do it again. And now I can see 2020, okay. 2015, something like that. So, yeah. So it's kind of like an, you know, driver's license. There's a lot of driver's license that says you have to be, doesn't yours say something about corrective lenses box? There is there's absolutely that. We've got Probably. a form, a medical form. And at the bottom of it, it will say must wear corrective lenses mm-hmm. while flying. Real? So, do they have to be contacts? I no, suppose, or I can, you can wear glasses. Yeah, I've worn glasses in the F sixteen a couple times. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And I have good vision. I, I, my vision bounced between 2020, 2015, and even got a little bit worse for a little while while I was staring at computers a lot, doing a lot of studying and stuff. Mm. And so they gave me some glasses to wear, and so I wear them. And and then, uh, I don't know. After I got done doing that, it, I, I took them off, and I haven't used them since. So. Yeah, I'm, uh, everyone in my family, there's, there's, uh, six of us and they're all, everyone else wears glasses. And sure. I've, yeah. I've been putting off, like, I can see fine, like, uh, but if I stare at, like, do small work all day long, by the end of the day, I can't read my phone if I've been, right. like, staring at shit, That's you know, exactly so, right. and I've been, I've been putting it off, but I probably should go, uh, I don't even have that problem. Point. Your eyes are way worse than mine. But uh, like uh, at night, I'll have to. I do a lot of reading. I have to wear um, just reading glasses. Sure. But in the morning, shit, I can read all day. You know, just fine. It's it's kind of crazy. Got to give those muscles a chance to relax. Oh yeah, day. it's it's crazy how yeah, it how big of a difference that makes. Like oh, yeah. you don't realize how tired my eyes get. Like, and I think that's the problem. They just get tired and can't freaking. Fo- and I'm, hell, I'm getting kind of old. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it is what it is. That's the. Uh, um, you did mention something. Um, that's a that's a misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what's some other things? Do you, do you, can you think of any other things that are like misconceptions about um, you know flying or military um, that that are very common or you know like in movies or anything like that? Can you think of anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I might have to come back to you on that. Yeah. Kind of put me on the spot here. Let's see. Um, There's you, a lo- you know in the in the in the heavy community at least. Uh, and in, and in the fighter community as well, I think a, a lot of people might might think that we that's all we do is fly, right? Right. And and um, and actually, flying is is actually obviously the main point of our job. But but everybody has plenty of other duties that they're that they need to do at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, at any given week, most guys will only fly once or twice a week, and maybe even less than that. Some of the older guys like me now, I might get one flight a week now, but the rest of my job is. I'm the I'm the chief of training right now for the for the 185th, and so all the air crew related training I have to oversee and implement and track and and everything that goes along with that. So mm-hmm. so that takes up the majority of my days, and then there's all these extra duties on top of that. Whether you're a, a travel voucher approver, you know, which is kind of self explanatory, or 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 whatever, you you know, fill some some committee on base for uh, building remodel or whatever else, you know, you get assigned. Um, Additional duties as assigned. That's the catch. And there's mm. a lot, of, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's I suppose. So, yeah, I would, I would say so. So, because most people get surprised when they ask me, you know, how often do you fly? And I say, oh, once a week, maybe, you know, and they're like, really? What do you do with all the rest of your time? So look out know. the window. You yeah. Know. You know, stare. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, we get lunch. We take long lunches. 
How how long are you? How many hours are you over at the at the base? Like kind of close to forty. Oh yeah, yeah, forty a week for sure. It's a full time job for me. Sure. Yeah. There's guys that are part time, and they're the they're the guys that come in two weeks a year. You know, one week in a month, two weeks a year. Okay. And there's full time guys, and we're about fifty fifty because we've got missions going on all the time, everywhere, all over the world. So unlike the army, like when I was in the army, you know, you were in a group, you're in a, a company of 150 guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they did everything together. If you went somewhere, it was together. If you did some training, it was together. It was one week in a month you got together, everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 heavy Air Force community, we might have one jet in Guam. We might have one jet in the Middle East. We've got one jet that's doing local, you know, two jets doing local missions, uh, just flying local patterns and stuff like that and, and, and refueling with local people like Sioux Falls or Whiteman, you know, or jets from from other Midwest bases uh, for training. Um, we got one in maintenance, you know, but they're all over. The point is that they're all over the world all the time. So mm-hmm. we never really quit. So we always have people on on duty, always on orders, always something happening. How many how many jets or how many like big jets you guys got over there? Eight. Yeah. Eight PAA, primary assigned aircraft. Okay. So yeah. and that used to be um the eight hundred and eighty fifth that recent that switched from the fighter unit to the tanker. When was that? I think it was nineteen ninety eight. Okay. So yeah. it was just before it was before you were in there. Yeah, all that long before. Right. Yeah. Yep. So they the unit that's uh it's actually kind of a drama, but but fighter units as they got closed and converted, um, which was a, a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth. There was a lot of tears over these kind of things, right? Nobody Nobody wanted to convert. Everybody mm-hmm. liked it. And that's just human nature, right? We hate change. People people didn't want to go from one thing to another. They right. liked what they were doing. Everybody, maintenance, support squadrons. Everybody liked, you know, being a fighter guy or oh, fighter, yeah. fighter force, you know. Yep. And I would bet it would be the same way with the tankers today. If you told the, the unit, hey, you guys are switching to F-16s, there'd be a lot of people that would be like, no way. That is not what I want to do. I'm not looking to do that. That's uh, they, they would be against it, you know? I'm sure. So anyway, in 1998, they switched the unit from F-16s to KC-135s shortly after that. Uh, and that was because we weren't Des Moines. So Des Moines got to keep their fighters at the time, but Sioux City being the outlier, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild of the Mm -hmm. state way up here in the corner in the, the industrial city of Sioux City, uh, they got forced to switch. Well, it was a, a, a blessing in disguise. Because that first round of, of BRACs or that first rounds of conversions, you know, we didn't get BRAC. We got converted to KC-135s. Well, a few years later, the same thing happened in Des Moines, um, and, but they didn't have the option to go to 135s. So they got, they had to do RPAs. So now they're flying drones, which is not what any pilot wants to fly. No. If you want to fly airplanes, you want to, your little pink body wants to be in the air, not in a cubicle somewhere with, a, you know, screens in front of you. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's uh, unsolicited history of uh, the Iowa Air National Guard. Um, speaking of drones, do you see? I wasn't. I, I guess I wasn't going to talk about this, but it came up. Do you yeah. see like, um, eventually, like that's where that's where the pilot is going? I mean, do you see that happening? I went down to uh, Golden Triangle Regional down in Alabama, and I got my my airline transport pilot license down there mm-hmm. uh, just in case I wanted to do the airlines someday. And the instructor and owner of that school, he told us we were fools to go down there and get that. Cause by the time it ever paid off for us, all the airplanes would be flown by computers and, right. uh, and we'd be, you know, we'd be drone pilots. He's been wrong. He's wrong. It hasn't happened yet. 
you know, this, this was five, six years ago that mm-hmm. I did this. And I think that there will never be a time where civilians will get into an airplane without a no kidding physical pilot on board. That pilot might morph into more of just a systems monitor. Um, and it might go from two pilots down to one pilot mm-hmm. in some of these planes. I could see that happening before, uh, they ever take pilots out of airplanes. Cause it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right. Americans don't like the, nobody, no human being likes the idea of being in the air going 550 miles an hour and, and, uh, having nobody on board controlling the plane that's got the same skin in the game as you do, you know? So I don't think that'll ever happen. Now, military planes is a different story. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start experimenting a lot with that. Um, we're not there yet. We're not there. We, we've, we've had some successes, uh, mm-hmm. with some experimental type stuff, uh, when it comes to, you know, drones as, as fighters, refueling drones in the air, a drone refueling another drone. There's been some of that success, success with that, but I don't think it's going to be, uh, ever a, a time where, a set of human eyes and a human brain isn't going to look outside, analyze the situation, and be able to take the, the proper action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that that little nuances that maybe uh, can't be programmed in, right? Or at least not yet. No, yeah. I know they say self-driving cars are far more safer than than you know, you know, real a real human behind the wheel. But uh, you know, th- a computer I don't think can read something like the expression on the face of the guy on the side of the road. You know, or this the 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 worker that's telling you to stop, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as, as an example. Right? Yeah, and actually, we've talked about this on the podcast before, um, specifically the self driving cars. And um, I mean, there's yeah, there's no way to program in. Like, say your your car is approaching a situation situation where um, there's a pedestrian on the left side and a school bus on the right side. Yeah, you get the you get to to choose one or the other. Like what, I mean, it's a, it's a hard no win situation, but say the computer chooses the wrong one, like, you know, and that's, and that's, that's the same thing as far as military shit goes too. Like, like when you're put in, I mean, say you're coming up on a situation to like, you got to drop some missiles or bombs or whatever you're going to do. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I think that that's a civilian there or whatever. And I don't know the whole, you know, how absolutely. that all, absolutely. all works. Absolutely. It's a great analogy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, AI can't, yep. doesn't have the wherewithal and the, the, the intelligence. And I don't know if it'll ever, but here's my question. When you say never, I mean, are you talking to like 100 years in the future? When, or, when, it, when it comes to civilian traffic? When it comes to civilians flying? Uh, Civilians and then military, yes. You know, maybe, maybe when, when there's generational change and, and there becomes a, a generation of people that accept that as the norm and there's nothing wrong with this and this is totally comfortable for us, uh, then, then yeah, it could, it could happen. Right. I, I don't think we're there as a society yet. Certainly not my generation or maybe, you know, the, the, the couple generations behind me. I, I haven't talked to anybody that was like, ah, nah. No big, no big deal. This robot, this robot can take me anywhere, fly me I've anywhere. I have no problem. At damn all. sure would not gonna get on an airplane without a yeah. pilot. <laughs> right. I, I would venture to guess, and there's, there's no way that, uh, this will ever be, you know, any of us will ever know how it turns out. But I would, I would bet you within two or three generations down the line that that sort of thing is, is commonplace. I bet. 
You because think of how think of how we're raising our, our children. Like even when they're you know they're young, you you they're used to computers, and that's just even the driving cars nowadays. That's that's normal for them. Like you know, in in five years when your kids grow, you know, a little bit more grown up, that's just going to be commonplace for her. She's sure. going to think nothing of it. Yeah. So maybe her kids, you know, aren't going to think anything of public transport that's completely AI or or shit like that. You know, so. It could I would. It could be. I'd but, bet but within a few generations. But you're only one terrorist, uh, you know, act away from it all going down the tubes in oh, another generation. You that's know? so true. Hacking into an airplane and crashing it because there's no pilot on board to click the button off and just hand fly the thing. You know. Yeah. I mean, we we we've already had systems crash airplanes. The seven three seven three seven Maxes that crashed. Uh, you know, those were those were pilots that were trained to be just systems monitors. They were not trained to handle. Uh, the plane when, when shit went south, mm -hmm. you know? And so they, it was an emergency for them when the plane was not flying itself. And they continued to try to turn that system on over and over and over again because it was, they were so uncomfortable hand flying it. And it just finally, it overwhelmed them and they ordered in, you know, because of that. I don't know if mm -hmm. you're familiar with how those, those, uh, those crashes went down, but, um, and which, which crash are you talking so about? So there's two 737 Maxes that crashed uh, a few years ago. One was Lion Air, I think, so, let's see, uh, an African airline. And the other, I believe, was Singapore, maybe. I bet, I think I'm getting the countries wrong. Um, I'll look it up, or, or, or Fox, you could look it up, I bet. Uh, 737 Max crashes. And, and so, this is years ago. I was, was that state. similar to the one that just crashed in China this year where it went straight down? Was that a 737 MAX as well? I don't think so. And that was, a, I, I think that was a pilot committing suicide. Right. Type okay. Of thing. Sorry. Continue. I'm not sure. I'm not about. sure about that one, to be honest with you. That could have been. That's actually else. what I heard, too. It was yeah. a pilot that, yeah. But this, this, uh, the, and, and Boeing took so much crap over this, you know, their, mm -hmm. their stock plummeted, orders were canceled, all this. Airbus couldn't have asked for a, a dream for them, right? So they're selling airplanes like you read about now, but yeah. the Max had a, had a, a system that was supposed to save it when it, when it sensed that the airplane was getting, uh, two nose high and was going to stall. In order, in other words, the air going over the wing was going to be, uh, to the point where it wouldn't have any lift anymore because it was just too much angle of attack, we call it. And the airplane just drops out of the sky, right? Mm -hmm. It had a system on board that would sense that with these, these AOA, uh, indicators. And so the system would look at the AOA indicator. If the AOA indicator said, Hey, you're two nose high, it would give it a burst of nose down trim and would try to push that nose down. Well, the system, in these particular planes only had one AOA sensor and it was all feeding into this controller, you know, that, that was then mis misdiagnosing what the plane was doing and giving it these bursts of nose down trim. So the pilots were trying to fly and all of a sudden, boom, the nose was dropping. They're going out the ground and they're fighting it to try to keep the nose up mm -hmm. and, and they, they would turn it off and, and, and hand fly it up and then they'd turn it back on again. And, and um, it was designed to give it like a 30 second burst of nose down trim every like 12 seconds if it didn't sense that the problem was being corrected. And, and that was actually one of the faults. It sh they should have built the system so that it only did that one or, once or twice. Right. You know? And then, Hey, you knucklehead, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm, I'm, there's nothing more I can do for you, you know, but no, it kept doing it, kept doing it. So these pilots would fight it and fight it and fight it for 30 seconds. And then it would stop. So they're like, Oh, is it done? Is it done? And all of a sudden, boom, it would hit again. And then nose down, nose down, nose down. And finally they just, they augured in because they, they were sensor operators, not pilots. They were they were they were taught to flip this switch now and that switch then and do this at this time of the flight and do this at this time of the flight. And if it didn't go as planned, they didn't know what to do. 
you know? Yeah. That's so it happened twice in the same, you know, the same year, same couple months. Uh, and it was the same system both times, different, different airlines, different countries, but the 737 max, you know, both times. So, yeah, the first one was in October 29th, 2018. That was a flight from Jakarta, Indonesia to Pangal, Pingyang, Indonesia. The next one was March 10th, 2019 in Ethiopia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that seems very short-sighted. Like to have people on board that are, you know, uh, in, in in charge, but they don't actually know. It doesn't didn't sound like they were actually actually pilots or have any idea how to actually fly. A lot of these foreign airlines are not hiring pilots that are taught to fly. They're hiring pilots that they put through a four or five month course where they learn how to run the systems of the plane. They're not learning the the coefficient of lift or why a plane even flies. You know how a plane. <laughs> well, I flies. guess I'm not flying foreign. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> But but they're taught to be sensor operators. Not all of them. Not all of them. I mean, right. there's some there's some good foreign airlines as well that that, that their pilots are very skilled. You know, yeah. but there's some of them that that cut a lot of corners. So uh, how long is the course uh, in in uh, the military to teach you how to fly? From the time you get the time you start pilot training, it's about a year for the first phase, and then depending on what plane you get to fly after that, it could be another year. Um, you know, after that. Then there's a, sh- a lot of other courses too that are built in there that aren't necessarily part of flying, but there's stuff you got to do, you know, like seer training, mm-hmm. survival, evasion, resistance, escape. You do water survival, sure. land survival, stuff like that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's about it's about two and a half years. Sorry to answer your question. Two and okay. a half to two and a half to three years to make a pilot. So here's another question I had. So. I mean, you're fully trained as a pilot. How does this, how does the, uh, say you, say you retire from the military, how does the transition from military pilot to civilian pilot go? Because I know to get your civilian pilot's license is a whole freaking ordeal. You got to have a shitload of hours and stuff. Do you just like get a, you get a pass all that being you're a military pilot? So you're talking about two, two kind of different things. So it, it doesn't take a lot of hours to get a civilian license, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of experience to get hired by like a major airline. So civilian guys, when they go into the, the airlines, let's say uh, I'm off the street. I want to be an airline pilot someday, but I don't want to go the military route. Right. Mm-hmm. First, I'm going to have to go to a school to get all my, all my FAA credentials, my private pilot and my commercial license, my instrument license. And eventually if I have 1500 hours of flying that kind of stuff, then I can get my ATP, my airline transport pilot license. And then I can go work for whoever would hire me. At that mm-hmm. point, it's probably going to be some regional airline you're going to get paid about 30 grand a year, work your ass off, you know, for, for the first couple of years. Then it increases after that. I think the pay is better now because they're having, you know, having a hard time finding people, but that's what it was like when I got in. So you'll do that. You'll get yourself, you know, four or 5,000 hours of regional airline time, and then maybe have a shot at the, at the big leagues, you know, being Delta United American, um, FedEx, uh, um, Southwest would be included in that, that group. You know, so there's no basically is there's no shortcuts. I mean, no shortcuts for 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 civilians. But do do your does that like how many how many hours of flight time as a civilian do you need to just like get your pilot's license? Which which one? Private license? You need about forty hours. Oh, that's it. Yeah, forty hours. Yep, and then and then another forty hours after that, you could get an instrument endorsement okay an instrument just means now i can fly a plane when the weather's bad right i I can fly off instruments i don't have to be able to look outside and see okay so i'm legal to take off in in the clouds i'm Mm -hmm. legal to fly through clouds through you know weather um 
then after that commercial license, probably another 60 hours after that. Um, and then the ATP, like I said, you need 1500 hours uh, of flight experience to get your airline transport pilot. Does, but do your military hours count towards that 1500? They do. They absolutely do. Okay. So you get a little bit at least. The the military is the shortcut you're talking about because you start with, uh, you start, um, right off the bat when you graduate from, from, pilot training mm-hmm. you, you you get uh you take an faa test equivalency test they call it and you can get your commercial instrument rating right right off the bat so you're already that that far ahead and then it's just flying you're going to accumulate 1500 hours in no time in the military depending on what uh what airframe you fly sure so and you can take your you know take your atp through a civilian contractor kind of like i did like i was telling you mm-hmm. but you're 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 an attractive option for the airlines so when you get to the point where you have like two thousand hours maybe even less nowadays um the the big ones are you know the big leagues are looking at you. you you could get hired that doesn't seem like like a situation that i uh, like i i wouldn't want to be in charge of flying hundreds of people no like like on a, on a nice sunny day yeah sure that's great everything's everything's kosher you know you're probably gonna freaking pick up the hot chick in the back of the plane if you're the pilot and you're you know if you want to that's great <laughs> but like in a f- shitty situation like it's super fucking windy or you're you're going into some horrible storm or some shit like yeah dude like no that would suck ass but there's so many things that make it that 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 are safeguardings that you from 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 doing that right mm-hmm. pilot judgment is op- obviously the most important thing right and, and you will look at a situation after that much flying experience and say i know what the winds are down there i know that it's a it's a 30 knot crosswind i'm not going to try to land in that i'm mm-hmm. going somewhere else sorry passengers you're going to be pissed but that's the way it is today your lives are on the line if we try to do that you know? sure you really want to trade that for you know some inconvenience of hey we landed 100 miles from where you wanted to be and we're gonna have to get you there tomorrow right you know um so for a lot of those things, there's we've been doing this a long time. There's a lot of safeties in place to keep uh, to help pilots make good decisions and and to keep planes from getting into situations where you've got to be you know you got to pull a glove save out to keep people from dying. You know it just doesn't doesn't happen very often. Do you have do you have any situations like that in your flying experience that were pretty sketchy that? you had to divert or, you know, any, any scary situations really? Man, not, uh, not a ton, you know, they, they teach you and you, I've, I've had to shut down some engines before cause they, they're, uh, they're acting up or, or we had an issue, you know, we never had a fire. I never had a fire in an airplane. Um, in the, uh, in the F-16, I never had engine failure. Uh, I've hit some birds before and thought I was going to lose my engine and had to land real quick, Oof, but never, uh, you know, never one where it was a no, no shitter where I was going to either have to punch out or, or, or ride it in. Never had to, never had experienced that. They always say, don't let your, don't, don't ever, uh, get yourself in a position where you've got to rely on all of your pilot skill to save you. Like make good decisions before you get there so that you don't have to, you know, pull out the glove save. Right. So that's kind of a, a, something that we've talked a lot about too, like just in our situation, like we're big on, uh, you know, um, concealed carry and, yeah. and, you know, getting out of the, so, those situations. And one of the biggest things is the same freaking thing, like be, uh, conscious of what's going on beforehand and, and exit that situation before it ever turns into a situation. Yeah. And I that that must be very similar to, yeah. to what you're saying. There. Absolutely. Same. Yep. 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 Very few times is that, uh, you know, Sully on the river type of a situation where you hit a flock of seagulls, lose both engines and 
you're out of airspeed and ideas and there's nothing you can do but land in the Hudson. You mean you've never landed on a river before? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I've yet, I should watch that. Movie. I thought you were cool. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are we having this guy on what again? What a loser. <laughs> Never even landed on a real airliner. <laughs> how many, uh, how many, what, how many hours do you have behind the, what do they call that? Behind the stick? Sure. Sure. In the, in the jet. How many, hours, how, how, how many hours you got? Whatever. Yeah. So to speak. On the yeah. stick. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, about about twenty five hundred right now. Okay, about twenty five. Actually, I'm probably closer to three thousand now. I haven't looked for a while. Yeah, but yeah. so I watched uh, and I talked to you about this the other day. I watched the new movie Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, and yeah. that um, it's a, it's a great movie. First of all, I believe we talked about it on this podcast, haven't we, Box? I'm pretty sure we. Yeah, have. you made a note of it. And you you were all about it. Yeah, it's a freaking great boner movie. for Tom Cruise. Have you seen? And I, I don't be insulted by this because my wife has not seen uh, Star Wars. Have you? You've seen Star Wars, right? Oh yeah, okay, man. Right. Oh yeah, multiple times. Is 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 the is the plot line? I've been I've been told like the plot line followed Star Wars almost to a T. Is that true? I have not seen Top Gun Maverick, so I don't know. Um. I guess pilot, if you really think about pilot, it, against all odds, comes back. You know, he's got to fly this crazy uh, mission into no man's land where there's no way he's going to survive. He's got to shoot into a target that's way smaller than what yeah. he can handle and to blow up the Death Star. And if he doesn't, you know, it's going to be the end of humanity as we as we speak. I could see where it'd be very similar. The he's only got the old mentor was, dude, you know, yeah, good. short the, dude with big ears. Yeah, the only difference would be the whole freaking movie is about this one run where in star wars it's just like that one like little short part of it okay and yeah. i could see that though like yeah it'd be very similar okay yeah i, I yeah i'm excited i gotta see it i gotta oh see my, it. I, think, I haven't seen it yet. oh my god i think you what will. is happening <laughs> what the hell is happening here <laughs> Forget the, well, no, this we, is my family, we, Scott. We, we have some guests in the in the in the studio. Nice. It is box. Happy it is. Happy it is, is Jesse's birthday. Box, you're the ripe old age of you, thirty three. Yep. Oh boy. And you you get a the chickens. This is the a chicken a chicken with a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. This is, this is pretty common. Billy Ray Cyrus, that is one heck of a mullet you got going on there, by the way. That is just glorious. My hair at one time used to be this mullet. Not a mullet, though. It was long all around. Yeah, make sure you wear that home to mom tonight. I'm sure she'll be thrilled. I don't think you're going to have to worry about mom seeing it. Yeah, mom does not watch it. I think she steers away from the podcast. Well, that's a uh, that's a nice. Uh, I I don't even know what to say. You guys got me speechless. You guys are rocking. The, this is Joe Dirt all over. <laughs> Sam, 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 that actually looks a lot like your hair right there. Yeah, I know, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm getting a haircut tomorrow because I got to be on TV on Friday. So, oh boy, yeah, I I am getting a haircut, but that is pretty much my color right there, isn't it? Yeah. My hair used to be uh, almost almost white. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what a heart. How does this chicken? What is a there a battery job. in there? How's this there's thing? A, there's, in, there's a fan that blows into him. That's. Where did you get that thing? 
you could get anything off Amazon. Oh my god! I I imagined it being bigger. How did you? How did you? Did you? I mean, one night you're sitting sitting at home, you're like, you know what? I want to buy tonight (laughs) an inflatable chicken. I've wanted one of these forever. It's He's gonna to strut back and forth. Gotta be one of these. <laughs> it's because of the uh, golf stock thing. Oh yeah. And the name of our band is Acoustic Rooster. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So yeah. we're gonna be on a parade on Saturday in Kingsbridge. Nice. And, uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we thought we needed something different. Yeah, yeah. And and Scott, surprisingly enough, this is not that strange. <laughs> <laughs> this is like for our no whole family yeah. situation. I mean, okay, this okay. is like you know we're this is pretty much business as usual. I mean, nice. <laughs> this is <laughs> you guys didn't look that surprised. But <laughs> this is back in nineteen seventy six Halloween. I rented a gorilla suit and yeah. was I lived in Sioux City by myself, and there was a couple of gals that lived next door to me, just friends. And I found them into driving me all over Sioux City. And I went like J.C. Penney, and I walked <laughs> through all these stores. And, and uh, then I went to a Halloween party that night. Melted my current wife's, my only wife, my wife's heart. <laughs> How he met your mother with a with a with a gorilla suit. So the reason Box and I and this whole podcast exist is because a, of a gorilla suit. A gorilla suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Now what's going to happen because of a chicken suit? Uh, <laughs> boy, yeah, 30, 30 <laughs> new new baby brother, thirty four years younger than you are. Sudden, here we go. What's really funny is when you see these things running down. He's been out here running around for a half hour. He's out, out front. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, uh, well, we just thought we'd come up. Jesse, well, thank you. Edit happy birthday, box. No, I won't. I won't. I won't edit. I won't edit nothing out. This will. This will be in there. Thanks for stopping by, Billy Ray and the Rooster. That'd be a good band name, wouldn't it? Billy, Billy Ray, Ray and the Roosters. Pete, you look like a lesbian from behind. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of do. You kind of do. <laughs> Oh, boy. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, uh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> happy birthday, Box. Happy, Thank you. happy birthday. We actually did not acknowledge it before this, so. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Now, now, I'm, now I'm glad we took the shot. <laughs> I, I was, I was, you, you see, you almost, I'm all Love it. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Like I said though before, like that's not that strange. Not for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so now, uh, so, yeah. So now this whole podcast probably makes a little bit more sense. To I, you. I better get some ice and uh, uh, top, yeah. top off the old. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you want to switch over to that stuff yeah, that you try, wanted to let's try? Let's try the Cedar Ridge. There, I mean, you, know? you can if you want. I'm not like forcing There's, you to do probably, it. Probably, probably a, a, a party foul on me, but I bought a bottle of this for a, a guy from Milwaukee that came down to to visit our unit for a couple of days and see how we do business and stuff like that. And I wanted to give him something back to, you know, he brought me a, a, a case of uh, Nuglaris, you know, spotted cow beer. And, yeah. and I, I gave him a bottle of this home. But I never tried it, so <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm it's, hoping I didn't screw him up and give him. No, know, it's actually it's pretty. pretty good. That's yeah. one that of my good stuff. one of my favorites. Yeah. Let's try a finger. 
Yeah, I I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it's funny though because uh, when we first we've been on doing this podcast for shit, I don't know, two three years now. It's been over three years. So pretty much since the beginning, we've done uh, whiskey of the week. Yeah, and not every episode, but a good majority of them. Yep. So like when we started first drinking it, like we couldn't really like sipping it wasn't our like it was it was harsh for us. Yeah. And now it's like even that freaking turkey 101, I'm just like, I don't even need a shooter with it anymore. Like, it's just like, I am I guess your taste buds kind of get used to it a little bit. So you're saying we should try something a little harsher? No, that is that is not what I'm saying. I think I said I'm getting to the point where I truly enjoy this shit now. Yeah, it's that, like That Cedar Ridge is good. You think so? Right. Yeah, it's a little smoky. Heck yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Toad, I'm, not, you, I'm, I'm happy. This is not this is not disappointing at all. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, Toad used to be on the podcast, of course, and uh, he he's into the into like the the Irish shit. Yeah, and the scotches, scotches and okay. the yeah. but like he'd bring a lot of stuff that was like uh, it tastes like dirty, almost like mossy. Tasted like dirt, like earth, like smoky, yes, smoky yeah. moss. We call that peaty. It's peaty. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It. yeah. And and I kind of. It's. I don't love it, but I certainly don't hate it. But the other the other guys on the podcast, they were not real big fans of it. But the you know, scotch is like that. That that. Uh, I tell you what, it does taste like you like put a campfire in your mouth or yeah, uh, you know, you yeah, took a bite of a you know tree stump or something. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, uh, yeah, when I was living at my old place, I was I was watching How I Met Your Mother, and you know that they're always drinking Barney's, always drinking scotch and that or whatever. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know. That must I'm, be so good. I'm going down to Dooskies tonight, and I walk in there, I'm like, hey, give me some scotch. And, like, they don't even know what the f- scotch is right, or the right. difference between whiskey and scotch. And, yeah. like, I think they gave me some, like, Johnny Walker Blue or uh, Black oh. or, or one of those or whatever. Blue is expensive. And and now it's probably it was probably a cheaper one, I would assume. Black or red, yeah. But it, and now I might enjoy it a little bit more, but then it tasted like... Like somebody just smoked a fat ass cigar and just like put it out in my drink. Yeah. You know, there's so much freaking smoke there. That's one we haven't had on the podcast yet is a Johnny Walker, I don't think. Is it? I don't feel like we've had a Johnny Walker. I think that's on purpose. You're not a big Johnny Walker fan? I remember him yeah. bitching about Johnny yeah, Walker. Yeah, I think it was my fault because uh that specific story, I said that I didn't like it. But we might have to try it again, just for shits and giggles. Boy, I tell you, I... I... <clears throat> You know, my, my, I told you about pilot training and how long it takes, you know, to get through. Well, one of the, one of the mm-hmm. phases, one of the years, the second year for me was in Phoenix, Arizona and, mm-hmm. and in the, in the F-16 or in the fighter community in general, they have these namings where you get call sign and, and you get a student call sign and the, the students are all, there's about 12 students in a squadron and the squadron has maybe 15 to 20 instructor pilots and, and, uh, you're kind of like a family or they're for about a year, you know, right. these guys flying every day trying to learn how to fly. And, um, and employ the weapon system and all that. But anyway, we throw this naming party and all the students were supposed to pay for it. And we're all, at the time, I was single. All the guys are single. We're making money. We're flying. We're living in Phoenix. We just throw all this money at this party. We rent a party bus. We got strippers. We got just bottles and bottles of scotch, you know. Wearing your jumpsuits when oh, you yeah. go out. Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was insane. But uh, but a couple guys bought, bought bottles of Johnny Walker Blue at like, you know, 350 bucks a bottle. And we're all 
blitzed on this party bus, passing these bottles of fine Oof, scotch yeah. around like 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 it's a, <laughs> yeah. you know like a cheap apple pucker or whatever, and <laughs> taking taking shots of it, you know, just a just a waste, just a waste. Oh a, yeah, a true, a true scotch uh, connoisseur, maybe not for that particular one, but a true scotch connoisseur would have just rolled over in his grave. Oh, I'm just, sure, just, right? You probably you weren't even tasting it. Like, oh, oh you're no, not no. appreciating it at all. Yeah, not a bit. Yeah, I no, never but, understood that. Like when I was fast, young, we, we thought it tasted horrible at the time. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. remember. I never, bad, so you gotta drink it fast. Yeah, exactly. I never understood that when I was like younger, moonshine. though. Like the whole like appreciating whiskey thing. I'm like, I just, I just want to get drunk. I don't. Yeah, right. What's like, the point? What's, what's the point? Like, it should, it should, if it tastes good and I get drunk, even better, right? Right. But now, like the older, the little bit older I get, I actually can kind, I can appreciate the whole just like sipping whiskey thing, and like I love at the end of the day of a freaking hard day. There's nothing better than like sitting on my patio with a like a, a good whiskey on ice and just just yep. relaxing. Like I get it now. Like, no, nah, man, I, does it? Maybe none of the younger. I don't think anybody younger really gets it because I I don't know if it just takes age to get that part of it or what. I don't think you. I don't think you appreciate that kind of stuff until you you slow down a little bit to where you're not like always going out looking for this next exciting mm-hmm. event that you're so afraid you're going to miss if you don't. Yep. You know, like you got to get to the point where you're like, no, nope, no, nope, I'm, I'm really, really content just being here right now and relaxing. Yeah. And having a glass of whiskey and a, you know, scotch or whatever. And I think you're probably right. Cause there were yeah. so many years, like I was almost like it got to be Friday night and I was, I'd get like super anxious. Like I had to leave my house. Yeah. I had to go yeah. out and do something. And I, I remember having a conversation with my parents in my 20s. I was like, how the hell are you guys just sitting at home on a Friday night? Like, I don't comprehend this. I couldn't right. get it. Like, my brain did not, it didn't, it didn't compute for me. Hmm. And, and they're like, just, just wait. You'll, you'll get there. I was like, no, 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 I won't. I and like, get there. You yeah. Like, in the grave. yeah. Yeah. And then, then like I hit my, my, my low, low thirties and I, then I started getting it. It's just like, Huh. I don't have to go out every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty freaking nice. Like I finally I finally get it. I think it's just I I I wish it didn't take so long for me to catch on to that. Right. I, and, and and now you do you do once in a while just to just to check to make sure nothing's changed. Right. right. Nope, it hasn't no, changed. No, it's still it's, the, the hangover still sucks. Yeah, the, the, the worst still hate this. The, the bar was still the same. It was it's the same things going down. Mm-hmm. No matter what town or city you're in, it's the same scene. Now I'm gonna know. feel like garbage for three days. You know, I party for yeah, I used to party for one day and or five five days and recover for one. Now it's yep. the other way around. Right. So uh, unfortunately. You know, it goes my same way for you, on doesn't get any doesn't get any better. You know the the, the air crew lifestyle is 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 it, it wears on you after a while. But uh, I I still love it. But but that's about the only time I do it. I push it up because we you know we fly to some pretty cool places in this jet. I, that's the one thing I'll say about the tanker. So mm-hmm. the F sixteen was awesome. It was like driving a Ferrari and the thing yanking and banking and flying low levels, five hundred feet, five hundred knots was awesome. It was a blast, right? But the quality of life was like dog eat dog, you know, we eat our young and, and you're never good enough and you suck every day and you're never going to amount. You know, it's, it's just, it's a stressful career. It really is. You know, it's a hard, hard, uh, thing to ever master the, the, the tanker. It is, uh, way, way more laid back and, and the, the jet for the flying is not nearly as exciting, but the places we go are amazing and it mm-hmm. is a blast that way. Quality of life is, way up there 
So we get we get to places and it's uh I've been, I've been drunk in some exotic locations. So, <laughs> so what's like a, what's a what's a typical trip for you? I guess I, I don't I don't realize how these work. You just get assigned to fly somewhere and then you land at a base and then you run your mission out of that place or sometimes. So we've got this. Uh, there's a couple different ways we go places. One one is one is through the guard and then the other is through the active duty. And if the active duty has a mission, we have one jet and a couple crews on on notice all the time to go fly this mission for the active duty should they need us and and, and they will they will call us to do a, anywhere between two to five missions a month depending on how long these missions are right and so that so those crews will take turns and they'll go fly these missions now one time i've been for instance one one time uh when i was assigned to one of those crews uh we got tasked to air refuel um f-18 hornets to get them across the atlantic from from the east coast to the azores and then fr- and then from the azores uh to crete uh, an island in the mediterranean and then from crete to uh the middle east like al udeed and so uh there's several different legs in that trip right and so um yeah we take off we fly to the east coast and we're there overnight so we go to the bar you know? yeah yeah and then you know we have the rule we we don't drink within 12 hours of of a, of a takeoff and or sometimes we say no, no, no drinking within fifty feet, no smoking within twelve hours. I think that's how that works. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so, so anyway, so yeah, we, we we hang on the east coast and we take off and we we fly the mission and we we take them to the Azores and now we're we're on this island for maybe eighteen hours, maybe twenty four hours, you know. So, uh, you sleep for some of it, you explore for for other you know portions of it, and you get in the jet the next day and you do it again and you fly to Crete. You're in island in the mediterranean so you're there for 48 hours so some of it you sleep some of it you explore some of it you mission plan you're ready to go but there's always time to go you know there's almost always time to go see the world a little bit that doesn't go. sound half bad yeah and then sometimes like uh i mean i've, I've gone every direction right north south east west uh, this this year i was in paramarimbo uh Suriname. it's a, a little country in south america um at the end of the month i'm supposed to go to uh uh, Ohio and pick up a bunch of people and haul them to Hawaii and into Guam and then back again. Um, so anyway, they, and, and that's the other side. So I said, active duty is one, one, one way they, they feed us missions, you know, and then the other way is, is the national guard will say, Hey, we've got, uh, we got 30 army dudes that want to go to, um, to Suriname to train and work with the, the people down there, their medical, uh, people and they're going to get experience treating people in the jungle, right? So they go out and they try to find a plane in the guard that'll haul them down there. And so we'll pick up those missions and we'll haul people, you know, that way. So that's it, uh, that seems like a most like the way to go. Like, is there any other profession that you're going to get that much chance to go see, like, just the world? I mean, that sounds like flight fantastic. Yeah, flight attendant. That's probably true. You got That's the leg sport box. You might. Yeah, you do. You, you do. Just, I've been considering a career change. I'll, I'll look into that one. I've been hiding them behind this uh, podcast. Desk, <laughs> I'll save them tonight. Yeah, that's right. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's something out there. But but this was, uh, you know, I, I uh, every once in a while I'll sit back and say, you know what, not bad for some dumb farm kid from Northwest Iowa. You Hell know, yeah, a pretty good gig. Oh yeah, it's a pretty good gig. So on the other side of the coin, is there anything you'd do different? Like uh, looking back at your life, is there anything you do different this far? You know, I, I um, I sometimes wonder if I would skip my army years, but I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think uh, 
the experience I gained and then the, the friends I made and the, the leadership, uh, skills that I got to, to learn doing, doing that, that job, uh, it might've sucked, but it was a means to an end, you know, right. and you never know. It would probably wouldn't be, you know, where I am or who I am today if it wasn't for that. So, uh, you know, a lot of people take a lot more direct line towards flying than, than I have. In fact, a lot of my peers that I fly with, uh, they got way more experience than I do. You know, they got way more hours in the jet than I do because they did it right away, right as the lieutenant, mm-hmm. they came in and started flying. Uh, whereas, you know, I did eight, nine years in the army first. So, right. but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I do it the same way. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way there with you. Like, I look back at my life and I was like, well, shit, I wish I would have started Shyworks when I was 22, 21 or whatever, but it doesn't work like that. Like all that time that I was doing out of body and all that, that shit, like the, the shitty years of my life, you Mm -hmm. know, that's exactly what prepared me for the way, the shit that I'm doing now, you know, to be disciplined enough, skilled enough and and smart enough to run your own business and and do it all, you know, without, you know, failing. Yeah. 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 No, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Or even to realize, I mean, our family, we don't work well for people. (laughs) I, I, you know what? I would, that's hard to believe. I, I mean, I don't know if you, if you can get paid to ride a chicken, you get pretty pretty good, but, uh, he's rolling in the big money. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah, it's, uh, dad, uh, he raised us, mom and dad raised us working their own Shire Woodworks. Um, I'm self-employed, Box is self-employed, my brother's self-employed, my sister, she has her own little thing too. It's just like, I, I think it's just kind of in the blood. Just damn independent sons of bitches. Here. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's good. No, it's good. Absolutely. So I was wondering, do you have like your plane or do you swap planes all the time? Nah, we all share. Okay. Yeah, we all share. It's, uh, you know, the planes, uh, us pilots might talk a big a big talk, but it really the maintenance guys are the ones that own the airplanes. We just borrow them every mm, once okay. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have your own fuzzy dice. No, and... we don't. Yeah, they're they're they own the airplane. I, they really do. And and our, and our maintenance at that Sioux City is phenomenal. It's really good. These guys care about their planes. They care about their jobs. They care about like the um the way that their their planes look, how they fly, mm-hmm. uh, and it hurts them more more so than than having to fix the plane. But just if their their plane breaks and it 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 doesn't complete a mission for it, uh, that reason, I I think it cuts them worse than it cuts the the pilots. I, I really do. That's another. Uh, they take a lot of pride. You know, I, and and I and I was talking about the pressure of the pilot earlier. Yeah. Um. You know, in a in a shitty situation, but that's something almost worse would be the mechanic. Like I, I spent 12 years as a, as an auto body guy, like fixing cars and shit. Like, and if I fuck something up, you know, the car overheats, the car, you know, does whatever just is a little fucked up. They, yeah. Guess what? They go over the side of the road. Done. Yeah. Problem yeah. solved. I don't know. I started a car on fire pretty bad one time. I did. I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a great story. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. A mechanic screws up, you know, fucks up the airplane, and, you know, people right. die. Like that's real serious situation. Freaking, yeah. yeah. And and uh, I I hadn't mentioned it before, but that, Scott's actually on our fire department box. I I think you knew that. 
Um, I didn't li- the listeners probably didn't know. Um, but there's also another guy, Max, on the on the department, and and that's what he does. He's a, he's a mechanic over there, correct? You bet. He sure is. Max is uh, Max is one of our phase maintenance guys, and he also goes on the road. Recently, he's been traveling a lot, doing yeah. That's doing what he said. I was just on job. a I was on a call with him the other day. He said yeah. he'd been traveling a lot. Yeah, so he's good. He's great, great maintenance guy, smart dude, and uh, yeah, does a great job for us. So that just to me seems like super stressful. Like you got to remember though, it's a, it's such a team effort and, and, and we've been doing this a long time, the checks and balances that are in place yeah. to make sure that, that everything that's done is checked by, by multiple levels after the, after the, the mechanic does his job, then the mechanic supervisor checks the job. Then the, then the supervisor supervisor checks the job. Then we have a, a whole shop called QA you know, quality and anal- quality assurance that, that goes in and, and checks the job. So, I mean, there's, there's all these multiple things that happen every time that, that, uh, any job is done that, that keeps it from going out the door with, you know, something redundancy could be built cra- in. catastrophic. There's a lot of redundancy. We have a, we have a model and, and, uh, and I'm a, I used to be in the safety office and, you know, we call it the Swiss cheese model, you know, and so the more there's holes in every process there is, but the more, the more of those levels you have lined up, the less of a chance there's going to be one line through all of those holes in Swiss cheese that doesn't hit, that doesn't, doesn't stop the, the mishap from happening. You know, I don't know if that analogy, if you can picture that in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every level of, of checks and balances is a, you know, a slice of cheese and then Swiss cheese has holes in it. But if, but, but if it's different, you know, Rarely will there be multiple levers where all the holes line up and the mm-hmm. mishap can make it yeah, all the that way makes sense. to the end user where it can, you know, cause a problem. So that makes sense. Um, speaking of, uh, military habits. Yeah. Do you have, like, you've been in the military most of your, all, pretty much your entire adult life. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some habits that, that rubbed off? From the military, I mean, do you get up at six o'clock? Do you make your freaking bed? And what, what's 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 your habits that you that you that you got from that? Yeah, I'm a I'm a fairly early riser, I, I think, unless we have a you know a night where you know, wild turkeys involved and, <laughs> and change everything. But yeah, I get up yeah. I get up at five fifteen, and I um I, I don't know if I I told you this, but I also farm with my dad on the side, and so every day that I'm not working on base, I'm usually going the other direction up to up to Sioux County and farming with my dad. Okay. So, so the early rising thing, it could be part of that too. I kind of uh, figured because I just hearing your conversations around the fire department and stuff, I kind of figured you're, you must've been in the farming too. And I didn't quite put two that. and two together, but yep. Yep. okay. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe a little bit of an attitude thing too with, uh, um, uh, I, I don't quit and, and, and do hard things kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a good thing in some ways and maybe not so good a thing in, in other ways. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer that, that if you have it too easy in life, you'll grow up to be nothing because you never learn how to fight. You never learn how to really persevere when, when shit gets hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so how do you train yourself for that? You know, you can't just wait till something hard happens because then you're not prepared for it, right? That's a, that's a, poor training so yeah so do hard things so when when the hard happens you're ready to ready to to handle it you know and um i actually think that's a military thing that rubbed off on me um mm-hmm. i uh you know i'm, I'm gonna turn 43 this year 
but on the 28th of this month, I'm going up to Sioux Falls to run the marathon, the Sioux Falls marathon. No shit. I'm not a runner. I don't like running. It isn't pleasant for me. None of it, none of it's easy. <laughs> it sucks. You know, my, my knees don't like it. My legs don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but, but if you can, if you can do those hard things and overcomplice, you know, uh, accomplish those things when, when it, when it's tough, uh, it prepares you for when life really throws the curveballs at you. You know what I mean? So I think it's, uh, I think it's worth doing, you know, do hard, do hard things, get, get, be, be hard, so to speak. <laughs> I would 100% catching on to the, so to speaks. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little slow. So to speak. I would 100% agree with that. And I'm right there with you. I like, I run, I enjoy, I, I should clarify. I don't enjoy running. I jo- I enjoy like while I'm running, I hate, I, ju- I'm like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. But it's that, I think it's that exact same mindset. Like do, do hard things. So like when I'm done, I feel, I feel great. Oh, yeah, I feel yeah. accomplished and I feel like you got him right. I did something. And that's exactly why I do it. I use it as a stress relief. You're like, sure. if I have a hard day, I'm like, I got to go freaking run two miles, you know, yeah, yeah, just absolutely. a marathon though. Like that's, that's, that's yeah, that. I've never done it before. And, and, uh, I don't think I'll do another one. I really don't. <laughs> you haven't even ran it yet. Yeah. You're like, nah, not again. <laughs> Have you actually ran 26 miles straight yet? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> when I, get to, like when I get to the point where I'm run 26 miles, then I'm done. Then I've done it. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. That's the end. No, I, uh, this, this, this training that I've been doing. Uh, the longest I've gone is 18 miles now. And that was last week. Uh, well, now, if you can do 18, you can do 26. Well, and, and now, now next week is 20 and I'm going to try to make it 22. But, but then that's it. After that, that's the longest run you do before you actually run the marathon in, in the, in the plan that I'm following. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, but it is not easy to want to, to get yourself motivated to do that. After about the, 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 the half marathon run. In, in training when you're working up to it, which I did in Sioux City as a race. Mm-hmm. I found a, I found a half marathon race to do. Mm-hmm. Cause if I'm going to run that far, then I, I want a freaking t-shirt at least, damn it. You know, like that. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. I walk away with something from this thing. Anyway, so I, so I did that. And that was after that, I was like, this isn't really fun. I'm not really, but I, but I see, I, I knew that I had a tendency to, 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 to do that, to change my mind to the, to the easy. So I had told a bunch of people, oh yeah, I'm running the marathon. I'm doing it. So now I'm pot committed, right? Cause I can't look like a oh, pussy yeah. in front of everybody. That's, so that's good motivation. So now I got it. I, now I got to do it. Now yeah. I got to do it. So I kept going and, and every, every week it kept stepping up, you know, it was you know, 13 miles then it was 14 then it was 16 then it was 18. Now it's 20 or 22 that I'm going to try for. And then, and then you take two weeks off and then you go run the damn thing. So. Yeah, I've I've never been like a super long distance guy. Like I I did cross country in in high school. Sure. And and you know, that's only a 5k and it's not that far. Um but I when I when I talk about running, I'm talking about like 2 to 3 miles or whatever. Like whole- that that's what I was. And that's what I like. That's my that's my comfort range, right? Like the right. The, ar- the army PT test 2 miles when I got <laughs> the Air Force and it was only a mile and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Score. This is good. I like so it. So what? So what made you want to do the 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 mar- this the whole you know get hard thing? Like yeah, you push yourself. You so want to speak. just kind of kind of so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> He's catching on real fast. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, it was. And um, you know, there's a lot of things you can choose. I guess to do. It doesn't have to be running. It could be anything, right? Anything that you find is difficult for you. This just happened to fit as a challenge for myself that, that, that I could do, that I could train for, that I, that I thought was, uh, 
a hard but attainable goal. And um, I don't know a lot of people that have done it. Uh, mm -hmm. I am by no means a professional athlete, so I'm not going to be, you know, going out and qualifying for Boston or anything like that. I just want to complete it, right? Mm -hmm. Say I did it once in my life and then and then move on to the next thing. Right? Be done so, with it. Hell so yeah. this just happens to be what it is. Have you ever heard of David Goggins? Yeah, yeah. I just read his book. Can't can't hurt me, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have you read it? Extraordinary. Yes. Yes. I have. That is. Yeah. I've never read something that made me feel more like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he does some crazy stuff, but man. yet motivated me yeah. more. Yeah. And, and and you know what? I think of that so many times when I'm running, like, and I'm like at mile. I'm I'm like three quarters of a mile in, and there's and actually the the route that I run, I go out down down to the football field and then out around the school and there's that that little um you probably run the same freaking route there's yeah. that little like uh, that little hill up there before yeah, you get yeah, to yeah. the school and I'm just like trudging along and I'm like oh my life sucks so bad and then I think of David Goggins I'm like this bitch ran a hundred fucking miles yeah, like four days after right. with no training like some some guy challenged him to a hundred miles and then four days later, he ran it. And he's, a, he's a freak, man, and the dude's amazing. I, I love it. Yeah. I love his. I love his. Uh, his book is great. Um, I, I've I've actually uh, I don't have it anymore. But before before it was uh, became widely known that TikTok was a Chinese uh, information gathering uh, platform, <laughs> yeah. I had it, and I had his his feed on it. And yeah. I would see his little motivational snippets that he would put out. Um, yeah. I tell you one thing though. The one thing that really got me to to do this particular thing was that in our in iraq uh my supply sergeant in iraq his name is jason anderson he's from minnesota the dude came back from iraq started running and started like getting into the to, to long distance running and now he does ultras right i had another guy another friend of mine in the platoon because i didn't stay in contact with, with 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 sergeant anderson but i did stay in contact with a couple of the other guys over the years and, and mind you, this is now, we're 18 years ago already, or 17 years ago now that we came back. And, and I'm, I'm staying in contact with these guys and they're like, Hey, do you heard Anderson is an ultra guy now? He's doing ultras. And I'm like, no way, dude. He was short, a little bit overweight, kind of chubby, round face kind of a dude. Yeah. Did not look like an athlete at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he's doing ultras. That's, that can't be true. You know, I had, I had it on this pedestal that like was, this unattainable thing for me personally, you know, but then you're like, size yourself up all the time to people around you and everything. And you're like, well, holy crap, man, he can do it. I could at least do this, you know, right. that I've, that I've kicked off my whole life. And I've always said, ah, no, I don't want to run a marathon. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do that. I have no interest in that. Well, I had no interest in it because it's hard. I had no interest in it because it was something that I knew would take a lot of freaking effort and it would hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, when I saw that, it kind of motivated me. Like, man, I'm kind of being a, kind of being a pussy. I, I should do, I should do something more, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I hope, and I really sincerely hope that, that this is, is, uh, you know, there's other things I've done too, but, but this is, is the hardest yet. And I hope the next thing will be the hardest yet. And I hope the next thing will be the hardest yet. And when I quit doing that, that, that's, that's when I'm, uh, I don't know, dead or retired, one of the two. Yeah. I, uh, the the David Goggins book when he's talking when he was I think about that so much and there's two areas when I when I like that first little hill up that I was just talking about and then you go around the school and then right before you get back to the parking lot there's that other hill and those are the two difficult areas for me and I just I just think about like 
uh, the Goggins talking about how, you know, in SEAL training and all the bullshit that he went through. And I'm just like, dude, if he can fucking do this, if he can do that, that shit that he went through, like there is no fucking legitimate reason why I can't get up this little freaking puny ass hill. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about the 40% rule. Like there's, there's so many people that say, um, you use like 10% of your brain, but he mm. says you use like 40% of your ability. Like when you first start. Yep. And he pushes it so, so much past that. Like I, and, and I a hundred percent believe this. There's like, this, when I'm running up that tiny little freaking hill and I'm bitching, like, that's my 40%. Like, there's yeah. no reason, like, the only reason that I want to quit is because I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason I want to slow down is because I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. It's, for it sure. doesn't make, like, it's, it's, and you push past that and there's like, there's that reward on the other end of it. And dude, and I, you're going to feel that reward as soon. And I have no doubt in my brain that you will finish that marathon. And please, please let us know when you do, because I'm yeah, I'm excited yeah. to hear the results of it. Yeah, I hope so. And right. God damn it, you know I've been thinking about doing something like that. I don't, I don't know, man. That's 26.2 miles is a long fucking ways. Still, God, that's a uh, long ways. I still, I still have a <clears throat> some some animosity when I when I think about it. I'll bet, I'll bet. But like I said, dude, I I've I've known you for a few years now, and there's absolutely no doubt in my brain that you'll. Come yeah, on, pre- gold. Appreciate it. it. Hope that, I hope, I hope, I hope you're right. I think, I think you are too. I, I think you are. I, I think, uh, I'm too stubborn to not, you know, finish it, but we'll see. And that's, that's yeah. been my, why I've accomplished anything in my life. Cause I'm just a stubborn son of a bitch. And yeah. if I place, put my mind on it, it's going to happen. And yeah. I think you're probably, I think you're probably the, the exact, the exact same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking about we were talking about the the Top Gun uh, Maverick movie, um, and actually everybody is probably let's listen to this and you have seen the first Top Gun movie. Yep. And going into that that training there and you're you're competing and like it's so so difficult. You mentioned something like that uh, the competition with your with your classmates and everybody and everyone mm-hmm. is that how it that must be pretty much how it really is absolutely yeah no 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 what what top gun is centered around is weapon school right right uh, the, the navy calls it top gun the the uh the air force calls it weapons weapon school so um i've never been to weapon school I, i've heard that it is very much like that right in, in both navy and, and air force in in pilot training it's competitive as well especially for the active duty kids because they know they have to compete for that that jet that they want to fly now, not all of them want to fly fighters, but most do. Most kids, if you go to the academy or if you go into flying and, and you want to make a profession of it, it's because you were so motivated by something as a kid that you're willing to cash in every chip you got to, for that chance. And and that chance, yeah. usually that that kid wants to fly something pointy, you know, something with a pointy nose with drops drops things and shoots things. So, Is there really that much? I mean... um, is there, is there, how much are fighter jets like, like right now? Like we're not at war with anyone. Right. Like we're supporting, you know, separate things throughout the world. And I'm sure we're in a lot of countries, but like how much are, uh, how much are fighters really flying right now? Um, a lot more than you think. A lot more than you think. 
And so, so why is it so competitive? I mean, cause isn't it, is it mostly just like patrols and, and stuff like that? But I suppose the guys that get those patrols and they are the, the top of their class. In the U.S. Air Force, we have about 250 F-22s. We have maybe a thousand F-16s. Okay. Maybe, maybe less than that now. Right? Okay. Um, a smaller amount of F-15s, an even smaller amount of F-35s. Uh, the number of cockpits that we have for fighter pilots are are maybe an eighth of the seats we have in heavy jets, or the number of billets we have to fly heavy jets. Okay. We just have more heavy jets. We have more big jets. We have more uh, even small jets, even the little jets that take the CIA guy and drop him off in a dirt strip in the middle of Africa and don't have a tail number on the back. Those are there's Air Force pilots, right? But there's two of them in there mm-hmm. in that little jet, right? There's a lot of those kind of planes in my class and this ebbs and flows. It changes, but in my class, in my graduate class, I had, we had, we had 33 in my graduating class and three got, got fighters out of, out of my class of the active duty kids. So the rest got something else, mm-hmm. you know, that's something else, maybe an AC 130 gunship, which is fucking cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, but, um, or maybe a B2 bomber, you know, or $3.3 billion. That That's pretty cool. But, um, but the majority got something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, kid, kids will think that, 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 that's, a, that's the end all be all. Oh, the Jedi fly is going to be the thing. I've got to get, uh, I've got to get a fighter or, you know, fighter or die kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. But then when they get into their real life, they'll realize that there's goods and bads to both. You know, there's oh, pros sure. and cons to every field and every jet. And, and I talked about a few of them earlier. And that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I was kind of, I was on my phone a little bit earlier. So do you have like a a rough estimate of how many planes there are to fly or how many pilots there are positions in the Air Force? Total? No. Yeah. Not even, not even close. Not even. Okay. I I was, cause I was just curious. I was looking up how many people are in the Air Force and it's 328,000. So, but, but ask your little, your little Google machine, how many pilots there are in the air force, because there's so much support that goes into keeping a plane in the air. Right. And I always say, don't forget that we're the air force when we fly planes, because if we don't, we really don't do anything the army can't do. Right. And mm-hmm. I, and, and in world war two, we were part of the army, we were the army air corps. Right. And, and, and we didn't break off uh, from the army until strategic bombing and the Cold War started to be a big thing. And we decided the Air Force needs to be its own branch, mm-hmm. right? And, and and some people forget that. Sometimes our own generals forget that, that hey, we're the Air Force and we fly airplanes. Uh, there are a lot of jobs. There's a lot of positions in the Air Force, and they all matter. They all are, are very, very important to keeping that jet airborne, keeping that jet in the air. Well, we were right. talking about this the other night at, at Golf League. We were talking about uh, maintenance, um, how long it takes. Yeah. Like uh, the F, uh, what is it, the F-16 is like re- some re- 17 hours of maintenance for every one hour of flight or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Something freaking ridiculous. So I assume it's pretty similar with the big-ass C-130s. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And and here's, here's the thing, though. I mean, we're not talking about the plane sitting in a hangar for 17 hours being worked on. For every hour that it's flying, mm-hmm. we're saying that that man hour wise, for every hour it flies, I might have seventeen maintenance dudes come and work on that plane for an hour, mm-hmm. sure, so that it can fly the next day. Right, you know what I mean? Or I only my maybe I only have four maintenance guys available. 
and they've got to put in four hours each. Sure. You know, to make it fly the next day. So, <clears throat> but that math is, is accurate for sure. And yeah. do, that doesn't probably doesn't always actually mean like actual maintenance. Just just like checking up on shit and making sure everything's in order. It's not like, oh, we need to fix so-and-so. Yep. That, that it, it che- checks and balances, uh, checks are a really big part of it. Another part of it is, uh, does, does the airplane have, the airplane has tons of components that have a life cycle, right? There's only a certain number of hours we're going to let this component X fly before we just replace it because we know that it wears out in X plus five and we don't want it to wear out in flight. We don't want it to break while it's flying. So after X number of hours, we replace it. And there's tons of parts like that on an airplane mm-hmm. that, that the Air okay. Force just will do. We replace before it breaks because we know that you know it has a tendency to fail at, at a certain number of hours right yeah yeah like just going back to what i was saying earlier that that whole freaking man that's a lot of pressure i just just and i understand there's a lot of freaking safeguards and shit but still yeah. dude that's like wow that's uh um we had talked another topic we had talked about a little bit before um there's been a lot of videos released by the Pentagon in the last few years. <laughs> sure. Have you so. seen any aliens? <laughs> what do you, what can you tell us about aliens, man? <laughs> do you, well, what's uh, your, what's your thoughts on, on that, on that whole deal? Man, like, man, that's, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough topic, guys. I, I, man. Have you seen anything I, crazy I have, in your person? I your... have not personally seen a, a UFO or something that I could not like explain that you didn't look at it and you were like what the fuck right i i have not personally so the stories i've heard and the people that i've talked to are things that they've claimed uh and they're people i trust you know um i think there's definitely uh a very strong possibility that there are some extra non-human uh things going on out there you know not not from this earth type things going on out there. I really do. Yeah, and we were I think this wasn't this was only four or five episodes ago we were talking about this. Like just some of the the techno like the videos straight from government release. So you know yeah. you're pretty pretty confident that it's not doctored right. uh, video. But it's just like images of or videos of uh objects all of a sudden accelerating so fast that if there was any humans in there, right. they would not survive because right. humans can only f- survive up to a certain, you know, how many G's? I 20, 20 some G's, right? Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. So, which makes you say, well, okay, well, the, either then they're, they're drones. Yeah. But look at the technology of propulsion behind them. Like, so other, you're saying other countries are so far advanced above us or there's other, there's other life, like, and, and, and really, I mean, like, with the, with the, um, telescopes now, like, you saw that picture that was just released a few weeks ago, like, that, the vastness of space, like, it doesn't make any sense that, like, so, I'm just gonna ask you point blank, you, you really, you, just from your limited observation, you think there's, you think there's, uh, life other places other than I, I i think that there's a very good chance of that I, if i was gonna bet if i was a betting man i would definitely not bet that <clears throat> we were the only 
source of life in the universe. I don't think so. I don't think I would foolish. So here's the other thing. I mean, you talk about, you talk about alien Bob, you talk about the the whole, uh, you know, New Mexico crash of long ago. And, Mm -hmm. and there's these rumors of these technologies that we gained from that, you know, whether it's Kevlar fiber optic and all these things that we said, we, we got from that spaceship, you know, that crashed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of things refuting that, you know, where did, where did it come from? Who, who does that, who, who, uh, created Kevlar? Do we have a, do we know? I don't know. I don't know. This don't is know something, this is something taken, I'm not familiar with. We have credit for it. Right. Or, or, or fiber optic. Who, who is the, I mean, we all know that, that Bill Gore invented the internet, but who invented, you know, fiber optics, you know, like I, th- those things to me, uh, are evidence of it. Um, you know, you've heard of Tom DeLong, you've heard of his, uh, uh, his book and, and the way he feels about it and no, his no. evidence. Uh, Tom DeLong is a, you know, um, he's blink, blink, blink 182, but, but he's really big into uh, this as well. And, and, uh, there's some dudes from past U S government that, that held past U S government positions that are very, that were high up enough to really know a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And, and back when we used to cover up a lot of shit and now we're not really covering up anymore. And, and ironically, fascinatingly, nobody's really paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, not, it's freaking not, wild. It's not the top headline in the, in the news. And, and if it was, it was for a fleeting moment mm-hmm. and then it's gone. I mean, when, when a Navy, uh, you know, targeting pod captures this stuff that we can't explain and, and it looks like a damn tic tac going, going at, you know, five times the speed of sound and then changes direction on a dime and goes straight up in the air. Uh, 70,000 feet. We can, we can't explain that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so you, you either, you either accept the fact that while wow, we've been lied to and we are way, way, way far behind technology, technologically than any other than other countries, some other country out there or, or, uh, there's something else going on like outside of the earth. That's, that's, you know, um, where that came from. So I saw one the other day. Um, it was, it was, it was a Navy, uh, ship recording this object or whatever. And it was basically just, you know, cruising along nice and slow. And then all of a sudden it just dived down into the ocean, which if you're familiar with aircraft, normally they can't just go down in the ocean that right, fast right. and there's not going to be any wreckage because of that, you know, that, yeah. the, the concrete effect basically of water on something. But yeah, like that's, it's, there's so many of those videos now and there's so many that have been released that it's just like, it's hard. It's it's almost hard to refute. Um, but it's so against everything that we've been taught. Like ever, you know, like no one's ever told us that no one, it's just, it's, it's wild. It makes yeah. it, it baffles my brain. Yeah. Um, and the and other, I, and I mean, how's how it fits into do our existence? Right. People don't want to think about it. Right. People don't want to be able to wrap their mind around that because most are so consumed with what's in front of their face that that's way above their pay grade. Yeah. Way above their mental ability, mental, you know, um, capacity. Yeah. To think about. But I, I've been, I've been, I've been flying in the F sixteen. I've done missions in you know north of Dallas, north of Las Vegas. And, and there's stuff going on in Area 51. There for sure is. They tell us there's certain times where they say you cannot land there. If you have an engine failure, you will eject instead. If you land there. Really? You, you, you're in deep shit. Yeah. Yeah. Really? 
Like, and, 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 uh, you can see it. I mean, you can look down from, from, from outside of that, that restricted area. It's, it's a square right in the middle of the Natter, the, uh, uh, the Nellis, um, air training range, uh, Nellis advanced training range, whatever Natter stands for. So it's been years. There's a square block, you know, and the square is area 51 and you will not, you shall not overfly. You shall not go in there for any reason. How big is that square? How many um, miles? You remember? Like 20 by 20. Maybe like 20 miles by 20 miles. It's a perfect square. You can find it. You can, you can literally look at a mile. You can Google Natter, Nellis Air, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that range, North Las Vegas, and you can see the Natter and you can pick it right out. It's a square right in the middle of it. You don't go in there. You don't. And, uh, you know, if you do, if you have an engine failure and you end up going in there, but there's like, there's runways that disappear into mountains. There's a facility in there. You can like with your eyes, your, you know, eyes, you can look in there and see that there's facilities and stuff like that and some drive the lake bed type runways and, sh- and stuff, but they protect it pretty hard. Pretty just, yeah. And that, and that sort of thing really makes yeah. you wonder like, why, what aren't they telling us? Like, well, there's a good reason for it. Obviously there's a lot of good reasons to have, to have state secrets and, and to not tip our hat to everything we're doing or plan on doing to every adversary out there. There for sure is. So, well, uh, as far as is our, aliens one is, of those, maybe. Yeah, as far as yeah. our technology, absolutely, yeah. I would agree yeah. with that. But like hiding the 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 existence of alien life form, life form, I like, you know that. I that's 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 a whole nother thing to me. Like, yeah. and 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 the, the other issue, which I won't dive into very far, but I'll just mention in passing. The way, like, there's so many people in this country that are religious, mm-hmm. like, and when you when you somehow try to justify alien life with all of a sudden the religion that that the majority of America has been exposed to their entire life, like that just it kind of blows your mind almost, like, because you can't like those two, you think they're exclusive to one another, yeah, but really, when you think about it. And I have no idea what your religion is, or even if you're a religious felon, it doesn't really matter. But when you really start to get down to down to thinking about it, Christianity doesn't ex- doesn't doesn't say that it excludes life forms elsewhere. Absolutely, it never excludes it. Absolutely, it doesn't. And, and I, I'm totally totally I'll, I'll t- I am I am for sure a Christian, and I for sure believe in the Bible and what it what it teaches and all that, and I. I, uh, by no means am I a, a perfect or maybe even a good Christian, but I certainly believe it, you know, that there's mm-hmm. a God and all that. But, um, why would I think that the God of the universe that created everything couldn't do this on some other planet too? Exactly. And why wouldn't he, why would it just be mm-hmm. us? Are we that, are we that cool? Are we that important? Right. The God of the universe would just do this once. Like, Hey, I got an idea. This is one time we're just going to this one right. people, this one, this one thing, you know, like, uh, yeah. that wouldn't make sense to me. It wouldn't like, yeah. I, if, if this is a really, not to dive too far into it, but if we, get, if, we have, if we truly believe omnipotent God, right. If we really believe that, then mm-hmm. we really should believe that he could probably do whatever the heck he wanted to. Right. You know, which could be that too. Who yeah. Knows, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing cuz I, I cuz i was brought up as a we were brought up as is fairly religious you know we went yeah. to we went to church every sunday and wednesday you know and that's just so the way my thinking was like you know well we're the only ones that's just how it is but when you really get down to reading about it you know mm-hmm. it says he, he created the earth it doesn't say he didn't create other ones right exactly <laughs> so 
yeah. you know, and that once you realize that your mind just like opens up and it's just like, Oh, wow. Yeah. What the, you know, and it's a whole nother, I, I don't even know what to say about it. it and, and I've, uh, I don't know if I'm reaching like a midlife, midlife crisis or I probably am, but I've, I've been reading a lot of like, uh, I'm reading about some philosophy and just like expanding my mind and all that. And so it just makes me think about all these things now. And it's just like, wow, everything that I, that I was, that I did hold as fact is just kind of out the window now. You're just like, wow, it's freaking wild. It certainly makes you put things in perspective. It certainly yes. makes you feel like, oh, well, I really thought this was a big deal. But in the grand the universal scheme of things, maybe it wasn't. Right. Maybe it was, uh, you know, not something to get worked up over, put so much time and effort into yeah. or whatever, whatever it happens to be. You know, you know, you know what I'm going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could, it could uh, really help you, you know, frame things in a way. That, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is time. Yeah. That I've been really thinking about lately. And there's, I obviously, I, I just... I just turned recently 37, so I'm creeping up on 40, and I think yeah. that's a big birthday for everybody. My brother, the 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 goofy guy in the wig, that oh, was yeah. this year. He yeah. just hit yesterday, actually. He just hit 40. The lesbian, yeah, the, the <laughs> exactly. lesbian from the back. The lesbian, the back. I like that. He's back referred only. to the lesbian. Yeah. Um, but well, like when you, I think when you anybody hits that age, you know, you just kind of reflect on things. But there's been a, a meme going around um, that I that really hit me. Um, from the time that we first learned to fly, which was what, like 1904, 1902, something like that, yep. until we made it to the fucking moon, was sixty some years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? In the yeah. in the in the grand one person's lifetime, in right? One person's lifetime, right? In yeah. the grand scheme of humans, mm-hmm. that is freaking insane. So like I'm my my mind just lately has been absolutely blown by this fact. Just like it's the insanity of it. Like, and then then we got old Elon Musk working on getting yeah. to Mars yeah. and and all this stuff. It's just it's just absolutely it's just absolutely crazy. I, I think that I think the AI stuff. Oh, so go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so with that with that thought, in one lifetime we went from flying to reaching the moon. Do you think we'll reach Mars in our lifetime? In our lifetime? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. do. I think so. I, I do. So. Yeah. I think. I think. I think I agree. I think technology is advancing at a fast enough rate that I, uh, you know, and, and say we live till we're eighty, you know, another forty years. I think it'd be hard to imagine that in forty years we don't reach Mars. But but I guess the question would be why. And what would we do with it? Because I get it. Like Elon's talking about, like going to Mars. He needs to go there. We need to have an alternative place because we're going to destroy our planet. Not, yeah. I don't know that he's saying that, but but the motive for reaching Mars, I still don't understand what we're going to do with it. It's not inhabitable by us. Not just walking around, you know. Not like Earth. So, you know, what does that really mean? Uh, is it a total recall situation where there's uh there's some kind of underground thing there that all we just we just need to trigger it and it'll create this atmosphere yeah. and all of a sudden we have a second earth yeah. kind of thing. You remember that movie? I remember Total, total Recall. Total yeah. Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh geez, they're on Mars and they're they they finally trigger this thing and it like creates this chemical reaction hydrogen thing and it like creates okay. an atmosphere on Mars and all of a sudden Mars is inhabitable now. I know the movie, but I haven't actually seen it. Yeah. So yeah. Um but to answer your question, why? Yeah. I feel like it's just human 
nature. Like if you look at if you look at um we're explorers. Like we didn't know the entire globe. So and and I've been reading about uh the, the book I'm reading is called Meditations by Augustus, uh, what's his name? Uh, Augustus Caesar, whatever. Aurelius? August, yes, him. And he was, he was, uh, this was like 2000 years ago that it was I written. I just heard about this book. Okay, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a very interesting book. He's a very intelligent fella. Did you hear about this from George Carlin by chance? Hard, I did not. Hard, no. Hardcore history? No, okay. no, no, I did <laughs> right. not. Um, but like, I think back when that was, when he was writing that, you know, and when, when humans had no uh, knowledge, well, the West had no knowledge of, um, you know, the Americas and all, and all this stuff. Like, that's just, that's just how we are. Like, we're just explorers and we want to know everything and we want to explore and we want to move on and we want to expand. And I think there's just something built inside our brains that makes us that way. So I don't think there's like really any point of going to Mars. I just think that someone wants to be the first one on there. Sure. Someone okay. just wants to do it. I, I think mean, to, to your point, we went to the moon within 60 years and we haven't been back. Right. right? Like, why not? Because there was no reason to. Right. right. There was a big reason for the first one to set foot there. But then after that, it was like, all right, well, nothing here. So let's, yeah, not uh, a whole lot going on here. resources to get here anymore. Now maybe we'll find something different with Mars. We've already put robots on Mars, you know. Yeah. So so humans maybe. Let me ask you this, guys. You say there's no purpose. You don't think there's any purpose to to going to Mars. But is there any purpose to going to any other planet at all, inhabiting any other planet at all? Say there was, we somehow discover another one that's more inhabitable than Mars. Is there any purpose for, for sure? For sure. Okay. What if the what if the Democrats keep winning? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to live here. <laughs> I would was agree. That, was that out loud? No, <laughs> that's all right. You, you can openly say it here. It's fine. We yeah. exclusive our ex- listeners are exclusively Democrats. Listen, so. I am a I am a, I'm a gun owning uh, you know damn near libertarian. So perfect. I would say that's probably, pretty much what we are. I mean, here, there's yeah. there's the reason why you know. I'm not. Uh, you're you're terrorist now. Yeah, I, I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, good. Yeah, you know what? Good on DeSantis for calling him out on that, and good on people for saying FBI, you're you're really messed up. And then and then they didn't have the smarts to wait a few weeks after that news came out. They didn't even even weren't even smart enough to wait a few weeks before they go and raid former President Trump's oh, house no in Mar-a-Lago. Shit. Right. I, I mean, how dumb. That. I mean, like it's just compounding for them. Compounding. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to be like, all right, they're really doing what they're supposed to do. They really have some intelligence that say there's something nefarious going on. They're going to get a warrant. Some judge signed off on it in Florida, you know, for it to happen. All right. And, uh, but I tell you what, I, well, it, it does not look good. I was it talking doesn't. about this with somebody today and I almost guarantee they find some kind of bombshell evidence. That they have to twist around. Hold on, hold on. Bombshell. Yeah, uh-huh. air quotes. Yeah. Bombshell right. evidence right. that they have to twist around that everyone's going to believe, but they're not going to actually reveal every, all of it to everybody. The, I almost even, guarantee that. Even this hearing that they've been having, like, I don't even know. Is it even over yet? The, uh, this January 6th hearing? I don't Prime time. I don't think anybody's watching. No. Nobody's not talking. anymore. Nobody's talking about it. Not not in the circles I run in. Nobody's no. saying a damn thing about it. It's not even news. It's not even something that everybody cares about. No. Like like you want to tie it all to to Trump. That's I get it. I get it. You do. But but we 
especially us libertarians really believe that you are in charge of your own person. You make your own decisions. If somebody influenced you to do something, uh, we don't, we're American, doggone it. Just because somebody told you to do something and yeah. you go do it, we, we don't arrest the person that told you to do, to do it. We right. arrest you because you make your own decisions, right? That, that is a very American way of, of, of life and a very American culture. Like we don't, we don't punish your father because you committed a sin. Right. You know? We don't punish you because your father committed a sin, uh, you know, or, or broke the law or whatever. You know, it's just, eh. I mean, we try to do that these days. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Well, anyway. Well, but the, but the FBI, first they, first, first the witch hunt, which whatever, I don't care. Uh, they've been after Trump forever and a day. And, and, and personally, I, I hope that he, he doesn't run in 2024 because I Same. do really hope that America can come together and be a united America under somebody else, somebody else that's not so divide, dividing, you know? Yeah. But, I sure hope that we don't keep on the track that we're on right now because oh, that's worse. That would be worse. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Everything's good now. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act. So, we're. They, they had to rename it. Did you see that? Yeah, they they, it's, it. it has nothing to do it's with not, inflation it, now. It's, it's like healthcare and. Oh, pumping, shit. pumping a quarter trillion dollars into the economy during uh, mass inflation isn't good for curbing inflation weird i thought i thought it would be oh well let's just rename the bill we'll call it yeah. something else yeah and, and 80 yeah. billion dollars to the irs unbelievable to up the... uh up uh you know audits and stuff but yeah. to the to your back to uh um raiden trump yeah. you notice every every they're all so focused on the past that's all they're doing. They're going after you know January sixth and Trump and any anybody that was associated with that yep. two years ago. Why is that? It's certain because they have absolutely n- nothing to show for when they're actually in power. Yeah, that's it. You know what? That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I think it couples well with the with uh, some of the allegations that they are deathly afraid of him running again in in twenty twenty. Yeah. They really, really are afraid of that. Now, now why? I, I'm not completely sure of the why, but it's got to be he's got some dirt on somebody that's a big deal, you know? Because if you just don't, if you just disagree with somebody's policies, right? If you really think their policies are wrong, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not really that scared of that, right? Because policies are self, they will eventually wear themselves out. If they're good policies, they're good policies and you were wrong. And then you say, okay, I guess I was wrong. These are good policies. If they're bad policies, two years from now, four years from now, it's going to be really evident to everybody and they're going to get voted out of power and you're not going to have to worry about it again. Right. The whole, right. the whole tide is going to shift back to your side. So, so fear of, of losing control for a time is not something that career politicians normally get their panties in such a huge bunch over to where they'll spend every, bit of resource they have attacking somebody over it you know what i mean there's some there's got to be something more than that you know more than they more than just we don't like him i feel like i would agree with that except for the simple fact that i don't feel like trump has enough self-control to hold on to something and not release it they have good point at this point good point like i think i think like he he was trying everything in his power to, you know, and, and, and I was a Trump guy. Like I, I, I still, 
I, I, I take issue with the fact of people saying that they're Trumpers or whatever and they just blindly support him. Sure. I supported him for the fact of what he stood for. He stood for freedom and that's the entire reason that, yeah. you want some more, Haas? Yeah, maybe a little bit. That's the entire reason that, that he was elected. Yeah. But I do, I, I feel like that if he, if he had something on someone, he would have played that card. Don't you? Like, I mean, like you. Maybe, maybe. The only and maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I, I would, I would, if I was in that, in, in that, that position, I would definitely do that. But, but I think there has to be buy-in from some of the other mainstream media uh, conglomerates to push that story. You know what I mean? Like the most fantastic story in the world, if it doesn't have enough publicity, it just dies. You know what I mean? Hunter Biden. We're yeah, we're the we're the we're we're stupid. We're, we we Ameri- we human beings are like so have such a short attention spans and memories. Right. That it just is amazing. Box. Like Give some ice. We'll we'll have something that is the biggest deal in the entire world that will change our lives one day, and if it's not right in front of our faces the next day, we're on to the next thing. Yeah, you know. And 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 if you burn the bridge, if you if you play every card you got at the wrong time and you don't have the publicity behind you to do it, then you, you got nothing left. Yeah. You, you've spent every, every bit of nitrous you got in the tank. So, so I don't know that that's the case. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm just saying and it's very plausible. There may be, there may be some more to it. There may not be some more to it. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's got nothing. Maybe they are, maybe they just don't like him that much because he's an asshole, you know? Yeah. Cause he is, he is right. But what are the chances? I would almost bet money. That something from this raid or something that happens in the very near future in the next couple of months or whatever comes up before 2024, the election, if Trump runs yeah. or or after he announces that he's running. It's going to be immediately announced that something comes from this, this I, raid. I really am hoping, I'm not hoping, I'm really interested to see what they found in this raid mm-hmm. or what they were actually looking for. So, so the story that I heard was classified documents that he was not supposed to take with him when he left the, mm-hmm. left the white house. And, and there were certain, and the way that the FBI found out about this is that, uh, Trump was asked to return a whole bunch of documentation and, and, and correspondence and logs and things like that from the white house, from his presidency that were supposed to go to this archive, not, not, personal property of the president of the former president but but go to this archive and when he did that when he returned a bunch of this stuff they found classified documents intermingled in this big group of other uh, other stuff okay and mm-hmm. so that led them to believe that he had these other class some other classified documents that he had not turned back in so what kind of stuff that is i don't know but but it seems uh quite trivial when you when you look at the number of elected politicians that have violated classified uh, the classified uh, documentation uh, rules mm-hmm. and, and protocols in the past mm-hmm. um, to to go after somebody like that uh, seems very very above and beyond you know normal uh, what would normally happen yeah and I mean, that- don't get me wrong as as a lieutenant colonel in the air force if if somebody found out that I had violated you know, some security protocol and I had classified documentation unprotected, uh, I would be in jail. 
my, yeah. there would be no question about it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and certainly other, my other lieutenant colonels and above anybody, anybody, no rank aside, uh, that has done that is, has either served time or gotten in a lot of trouble, you know, at minimum lost their careers over the deal. But, uh, for some reason, our elected politicians who are privy to that same information and are supposed to protect it the same way that we under oath are supposed to, they, they get a free pass for some reason. Yeah. They get away with it. And that's so irritating. It is. And, and, cause you know what? The Chinese aren't trying to break into my house and steal stuff. They're not trying to infiltrate into my life or, or become my girlfriend. You know, they're, they're going after the politicians. Eric Swalwell. Because they know it's way yeah. easier, way easier to get the information. Dude is sleeping with a fucking Chinese spy. I, I, I forgot nothing, about nothing that. Nothing and he's still in office. And he's still, still on. A, can you even believe that? And he's I, still, it, and he's still on those, uh, those, yeah. uh, those, uh, councils or whatever it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, and here's the thing though. Here's, here's the problem. Like say tomorrow it does come out that Trump had classified documents. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen? Well, everybody, everybody on Trump's side is going to, well, it's, that's no big deal. That's no big deal. Or they're going to say it was planted. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But and, and my point is, though, like everybody on Hillary's side, you know, when that happened, like she had thousands of all this classified information on her private servers, unprotected. Like the hypocrisy we will get a firsthand look at yet again. Right. Yet but, again. And and, yet again. and here's herein lies the problem. When we when our side and I say our side loosely does shit. Well you know well what about their side? You know what it is? You know, and we make excuses. And we make fucking excuses constantly. Mm-hmm. And then when their side does it, the same freaking thing happens. Yeah. And it's just, it's like we ignore the discrepancies and the, and the failures of our side to, to, to throw, you know, shade on them when the same shit happens. I completely agree. And I don't think we should. I don't, yeah. I really don't think it's we frustrating. Should. Like at, at a certain point, we're going to have to hold everyone accountable for the bullshit that they pull. And we should. We should from day one. There should, yeah. shouldn't be a question. I don't think that's possible though. Yeah. I don't think it's, it is. It's either. not. It's not human nature. It is. No. Some people are going to take sides no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a there's a certain individual on my uh, on my my Facebook that, that <laughs> we brought him up several times yeah. on this podcast, and he sees completely 180 degrees different than me. Sure. Um. And we we bicker back and forth. We argue, but I I I leave him on my. I don't delete him because. I feel like social media is uh, half of the problem. We tailor our news feed to only see the shit that we like. Yep, that's very true. So I leave him on there so I get exposed to the other side. And and we despise each other. But um, at least at least we can see the other side. But he dry like, so many times. Like, he, he talks about January 6th still. And this was two fucking years ago. It's like, move on mm-hmm. with your life, man. Um. But he has yet to acknowledge the fact that look what happened during the 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 riots for that were going on for a year, burning down American businesses, uh, looting American businesses, going into federal buildings and taking them over. Yes, like absolutely. Under siege, right? See, yeah, Portland. No, this is look a different. At, look this look is at different, Portland. This is a different federal building. This is a yeah, it, that's that's not important. Ball that's ball not important. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has yet to to acknowledge the fact that. Gee, maybe there was a reason for f- the only the only thing I'll say about January 6th is Congress had fucked over Americans for years and years and years and years. And finally, people went after the people where they were pissing them off. Right. Instead of the random American businesses that never did a goddamn thing to you. That's a great point. And, 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 and unfortunately, 
that Congress has the weight of the U.S. You know, military and and law enforcement yep. behind it to protect itself and yep. and and to to twist the narrative however they want. Exactly. Whereas your small business doesn't, and, and that's sad. It's exactly. not right. It's not right, but it's it's life. Yep. You know, that is the way it is. But yeah. I I completely agree with you in that respect because because it's not fair. You know that that's the way it would go down because yep. Congress has been doing. Both sides, both Republicans and Democrats, 100%. have been spending money they don't have mm-hmm. on things that most people don't care about. You know, for I mean, Gender special studies in Pakistan, special interest important. shit. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this whole COVID thing—if this ever if the lid ever gets blown off of this—with with how that was funded in China, like how we're funding research in China, right. it's just so so sad. It, it's so sad to think that we're funding any research in China, let alone. One for a virus that turned around and bit us in the ass so bad, right? It's pretty much, hasn't it pretty much been proven right now that this was a man-made thing and partly because of American funding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's pretty strong evidence. Yeah, I know uh, I know. there's been a lot of uh, talk about that and, you know, Ted Cruz questioning, you know, people in Senate about it and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 of course, you know, the mainstreams don't want to come out and support that theory. Right. Right. Because they were so busy supporting the fact that we had to do everything like wear masks and get vaccinated and both turned out to be dumb. Yeah. You know, not not uh, effective yeah. against the against the virus. They've just been wrong on every single level of this thing to the point where they just they can't turn around and correct a story anymore yeah. or, or even go back and uh, side with something that would. It just make them look even worse, which I don't know how you can get any worse. CNN's <laughs> ratings are about as, you know, good as my my ratings. Yeah. Uh, when I walk outside this morning and yell at my neighbors. Yeah, I think they hit rock like lowest in history. I something I saw the other day. Yeah. When, when you start a streaming service, and and then you start charging for it, but then you have to start giving it away, and then you just close it because nobody even wants it for free. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. When you're the number one news source in God. in the world, or it used to be, and now you're. And now you can't even mm-hmm. give your your product away. That's yeah. Well, uh, somebody mentioned to me that they had been bought out recently as well, and they're not quite as terrible as they were have been recently. CNN s- did get bought out. Slowly by, getting better. Yeah. Hmm. CNN did get bought out by someone. I can't remember exactly who it was, but he did want to make it a little bit more, move them a little Less bit more total garbage towards the center. I don't yeah. know if that's ever going to happen. What do you guys, What do you guys think of this Project Veritas thing? Like fake or real? I think it's I think it's real. I don't know much about them to be honest. I I, I think it's I think it's very real. Um, but then again, I'm a biased individual, so it's the hard under, to judge. The undercover stuff that they do. Um, do you think they're they're targeting or or just finding by 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 mass? Uh, do an undercover interview with a thousand people, and eventually you're going to find somebody that says what you want to hear and publicize, right? Right. Or do you think yeah. that that it's really no kidding? Uh, there's some nefarious shit going on out there, like in in the news networks with COVID, with a lot of stuff that is being twisted and turned, and then the product is being put out to America to consume in a way that's, you know, tainted. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, both. I will preface this by saying Sorry. I'm I am biased. Yeah. I have my thinking that most of this stuff was bullshit. So when I see a project like this that supports my beliefs, I am going to I have a tendency to believe it obviously. Mm-hmm. But that being said, 
I feel like, uh, I feel like it's some legit shit. I, I, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they're, you know, people, you, you would think that after so many of these videos came out, people would stop hmm, talking. Maybe I should shut my fucking face. Right. And not, not give these people, but yeah. they, I don't know how they're doing it, but it's, it's working. But I do feel like, I, I feel like it's legit. And, and the, 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 the thing that really irritates me the most is Kamala Harris, yeah. our current vice president, uh, used to be the attorney general for California. Hard on crime. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Rata is, uh, <laughs> so <to> speak. <laughs> and she was uh, the attorney general for California when those Planned Parenthood videos came out that, excuse me, that essentially proved that Planned Parenthood was doing some really f***ed up shit in California, selling body parts, so on and so forth. Huh. And guess what happened? They said, proved that they're breaking the law. Well, those Planned Parenthood never got in trouble for that. Who got in trouble for that? The people that made those videos. They got felonies, all sorts of shit against them, huh. and all this, all these lawsuits, and they're actually in, in a f- load of trouble because they exposed corruption. Really? Yep. They, uh, they went after them for recording secretly people, you know, re- without their consent and all this stuff, even though it proved that they were breaking the law. And even though that the government does that to American citizens, all the time. citizens all the time. can't do that to other citizens, yeah. you know, well, we do it to each other. Everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a video right, right now. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I will, like I said before, I, I'm biased, but I, I do, I do, think that the, all that shit is legit. I, I think that, that they they just substantiated what we all already knew oh, yeah. about Twitter uh, from when Trump was in office. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they got credibility right away in my in my mind. Because right. I already knew it. I already knew I already knew Twitter was censoring Trump's stuff. I mean for yeah, people take take rocket them out. You know, I mean everybody can see that with their plain eyes. They don't need to undercover uh, camera to talk to an executive to say, oh yeah, we right. had we had a campaign against that. If anything was conservative, if anything was promoting like Republican views or whatever, we tried to put it in a in a box and hide it away. We didn't want anybody to see it, right? Yeah. Well, of course we knew that. Everybody knew that already, right? Yep. So so then when they branch out and they start looking at other things, it 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 brings in credibility because they already did that with the first you know story that they did or with for several stories that they did mm-hmm. so, so I, I i i don't know i think the guy is uh i think the guy's onto something i hope he keeps going and i hope it happens on both sides i hope that yeah there's absolutely. a project veritas that does the same thing if there's corrupt republicans that are doing the same stuff i hope it does the same thing to get for them we were just talking about uh russell brand last week mm-hmm. uh and the guy's generally like he's pretty far left but he has a, a, a massive YouTube. I think he's got around like 6 million subscribers yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hammers on the corruption and the bullshit of the, of the, the liberals right now because they're in power. Yep. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I would say the, the corruption of the government. Right. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. correct there. Um, but he's not. And, and I'm sure when it turns around and the, the next election cycle comes and the Republicans take power, guess what? It'll do the same freaking thing to them. But I feel like that's important, and that's the way that we should be. Mm-hmm. That's the way that everybody should be. Absolutely. Um, no, non-biased, no, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. Vote, vote the issues, not the, not the party. Vote, vote the person, not the, you know, mm-hmm. your agenda that you think, ah, he just might fit into that better than the other guy. Yeah. You know? 
we've gotten to this cycle in America where so often, almost every election now in my adult life, I feel like I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. Yep. And I, and hate, I hate that. I hate it that. Sucks. And know? it's always a single issue vote as well, too, for almost everyone. They don't care about all the other shit. There's one important issue in there that for this, the middle that this candidate stands for that they're going to be like I'm voting him for for this reason. For the middle of the road people. Yeah, yeah. But but for for somebody that's that's Republican or somebody that's, yeah, that's Democrat, you, right. it's really hard to get them to cross the stream. They might really disagree with one thing that their yeah. party is doing, mm-hmm. but or two things their party is doing. I mean, for Pete's sakes, I was in the middle of South Dakota back when Obama was uh, up for election against against uh up against Bush, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and people were it took so much for for people to cross over to 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 vote Democrat than you know Republican, and that big thing was the the war. You know, they really really felt like the weapons of mass destruction was a hoax. They really felt like we should never have went to Iraq, and that was it. Took a huge catalyst to get them to move to move over because they disagreed with the Democrats on gay marriage. They disagreed with them on 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 their their social a lot of other social issues. Uh, that they pressed, you know, mm-hmm. um, their fiscal policy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they still did. They still voted for Obama uh, because of, because of that. It, but but again, they, they voted against a lot of the issues they felt were right because of this one huge thing that made you know sway. Yeah, them. and I feel like that's why. Like, I hate to bring this up, but I I, I feel like if you believe that the last election was completely legit. Like, I, I feel like that's why it, it went that way, that so many people were just, I don't like Trump, so I'm going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. And and frankly, I don't feel like that whole leg- election was legit. That's neither here nor there. We don't need to go down that road. But 2,000 Mules, uh, you seen that documentary? I, I, I have not watched it for the simple fact that I know that all it will do would piss me off and raise my blood pressure because I already feel that way. So, <laughs> but... And the same lies in this upcoming election in November. Like I've talked to so many people, they were like, "Yeah, I voted for Biden, but mm. wow, this is this is a shit show." Yeah. We, you, you guys were completely right. Yes, yes, we we told you this is how it was going to go, mm. and this is the exact way that we said. But so I feel like it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna flip again, and that's that's common. Like uh, yeah. generally. After an election in the midterms, the the president loses loses traction or loses some in the in the House and the Senate. That's just that's common. Yeah. I feel like he's going to get lambasted, but I also feel like everybody coming up to this November election is going to be voting on two issues. Yeah. The left is going to be voting on abortion. The right is going to be voting on gun rights, and that's it because of the assault weapons ban that was just passed yeah. in the House. That's my that's my version of it, the way that I see it happening. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that that's all you hear from the left uh, from now until November is abortion issues. Yeah, I I think those are really, really important issues for some people. Right. I don't think those are going to be as key in this election as people's pocketbooks. Yeah. I, I, I would really, agree with that. I really think that that people vote. People will always vote themselves. Vote their money. They're going to vote their money. Mm-hmm. It, it takes it takes such a tremendous amount of 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 convincing for a normal person to say, 
yeah, take another, take another 5% of my income for this green new deal. Uh, the climate is worth it. I'm willing to part with 10%. I'm willing to part right. with 15%. What's the percent of income you're willing to go for it? Whatever it is, I'll take it. You know, right. like it's hard for people to get over that when, when, when the expendable income is gone. We talked about this, the expendable income, right? Like when, when I don't go out, when I don't have to spend money on, when I don't spend on money on a steak at a restaurant, mm-hmm. then I have three times that amount of money to eat a steak at home and the other two thirds I can spend on whatever I want. Yep. You know, so I'm going to get a gun seracoded. I'm going to do whatever, you know? Yep. Um, when that money is gone, those luxuries disappear. I'm not happy. I'm not happy because I got used to them. I got mm-hmm. used to those luxuries. I got used to having an extra, you know, a couple hundred bucks in the bank every month and, and, and getting a little savings going on. And now when I fill up my, my, my truck or my car and the thing clicks off because I, I can make it to $75 and the tank isn't even full yet. Yep. That pisses me off. Right. And then, and then I start listening to, the fact that a pipeline was shut down, I, I, that a, that an oil refinery was shut down. I, I listened to that stuff a little bit more, you know. Not that Trump's energy policy was was all that much better than Biden's, but it sure was. It was okay. It wasn't perfect by no means, but it was better. America first, at least. To at a, least, to a at least, it created in, energy independence and, and was looking for uh, to sustain what we had, mm-hmm. you know. And and we should have sustained while we continued to develop, you know, greener energies and things like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think people are going to vote their pocketbook and when groceries and inflation hit and, and they are not able to afford the, the, and I don't know of a lot of people that can't afford groceries right now. I know there are some, there's, there's plenty out there. Personally, I don't know any, but I do know people that are now not, uh, affording the extras that they were able to, yep. you know, um, e- even a year ago. So are they happy about that? No, they're not. So, and there are people out there that are starving. There are people out there that can't that can't afford the, the basics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're probably still walking around with an iPhone in their pocket, which is a whole other, you know, whole other argument that yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I don't necessarily agree with. But but the fact is, uh, unrest in that in that area of life, I think, is going to be the top the top topic in people's minds when they vote. So who they pin that on? Is the way they're gonna the way they're gonna vote. I don't know if I agree. I can definitely see where you're coming from, but I don't know if people will vote f- for their pocketbook because the the Democrats are experts at that. Saying, "Well, we're just gonna take a little bit more from you here, but it's gonna pay off in the long run. You're gonna get this back in this way." And people are super gullible, and they believe that shit. So I don't know if that's if that's true, they can be Democrats can be like, we're going to raise your taxes in 90%, but you're going to get it back after like 45 years. And the Democrats are going to be like, well, it's for the greater good. So sure. So, okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think about the, what do you think about the, um, um, uh, in, in schools, uh, critical race theory, gender identity, education, all that kind of stuff. How do you think that's going to play into it? Because in Virginia, I think it did. I, I really think that 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 Glenn Young, Youngkin won because of that. In a Democrat state, in a Democrat environment, where they have been the 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 had a stronghold there since what fifty years or something like that. Since 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 the Democrat were the was the party that owned slaves. Since then, mm-hmm. right? And they were Democrat was the was the slave party back, you know. Right in the in the thirties. So anyway, 
I think there that that shifted the tides in that state at least. Um, I would agree to get a to get a Republican governor elected. I, I don't know if that's still going to be as big of a deal uh, in 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 November, but um, I think I, it was for them. I think I ago. agree yeah. with you. I agree with you, and I think. I think there are so many people willing to ignore that, though. Because they don't have kids in school? Because for, for several reasons. One, maybe a few of them because they don't have kids in school. But um, because they see the, the majority of society going towards that, that way, you know, uh, um, racists thinking and well, as far as critical race theory and um, people moving towards more social, what do they call it? Social uh, justice theories mm -hmm. and things like that. They see more people, the society headed heading that way. So they're more likely to put up with it, even if it means that their kids are going to be inundated with that bullshit. So I think, I think, and I think the right, more people are, are, are I think we're just being more split. Honestly, yeah. I don't. Th I think there's totally. far fewer people in the middle, and far more people going to one side or the other, hmm. and that's super unfortunate. Because, and you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast or quite a while back that you hope uh, Trump doesn't run, and I do too. I hope he doesn't run, and that we could be united under someone. But the f I think, unfortunately, the simple fact is that we're way too divided that we won't be united under anyone, mm -hmm. and that sucks. It sucks. I wish, uh, dude, I wish we fucking were, but I don't think there's anybody in the middle that could win. And I don't think there's anybody in the middle that will run. Yeah. Like in, in, uh, in, in 2020, I was in Kandahar, Afghanistan, right? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to an Afghani mm -hmm. who was, uh, on base there. And, and a lot of these issues were happening. The Black Lives Matter thing was going on. Um, COVID was hot and heavy. And he said, Americans, they've got it so good. They have to find something to be upset about. Yep. And, and, and right. it's so true, right? Like, like we, we will get super passionate about, about the minuscule shit. shit and put ourselves on the opposite side as uh, of a brother or a cousin or a, a, a friend or whatever, you know, and then yep. now the fricking wall is up and we are not crossing it, you know? Yep. And, I just, uh, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I was just talking to one of my, one of my best friends. He moved down to, uh, back to uh florida mm. i met him in kansas city and i i still call him up occasionally but i was just talking to him the other day and the reason he moved from kansas city is he had this massive awesome community in kansas city he was a really religious fellow and they had this this church amazing church and you know they get together all the time and and then the black the, the blm riots hit and all this bullshit and he was having a get together at his house and um Basically, they got into a big ass argument about like BLM was shutting down highways and and all this bullshit. And Chad basically said that he didn't agree with that, and that was it. You know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden he was labeled a a, a racist and an because sure. simply because he didn't agree with them. Yeah. And and I think that's like one of the biggest the biggest freaking issues we have in America right now is you can freaking disagree with someone. Mm -hmm. And still be civil to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of my some of my best friends in the world disagree with me on issues. My best friend in the entire world is a fucking Democrat, and he was for years. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's slowly switching his sides, 
But guess what? We'd have conversations about it, and we'd be civil to each other. We never once yelled at each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit on that one. Oh, you've seen it? You've seen this happen? Uh, Definitely get drunk in the garage and scream at each other. Well, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But we were always civil to to one another. We never hated each other. Yeah. Like, maybe we'd yell at each other, but five minutes later, we'd be drinking a beer and, and and be fine. Yeah. And that's what it was. But now it's turned into this, and especially in this latest, the whole uh, Roe versus Wade situation, there were so many people posting on Facebook, if you disagree with me on this, fuck you, we can't be friends. It's like, excuse me? Like, that's how that's how we're going to fix this situation? Like, are, no. Are you that? Are, are you planning on having an abortion? Are you that? Do you, are you that passionate about it? That right. You will lose friends over this. Right. Like, opinion. And, and unfortunately, it's the same on, on our side too. Like, yeah. I've seen people do the same fucking thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I dis, I may disagree with you vehemently. Mm-hmm. Hell, I disagree with my own goddamn, I own, my own girlfriend on many issues. Yeah. We, we see different ways. But guess what? Life goes on. Sam We're civil a, to one another. Sam has a girlfriend? <laughs> Shockingly, what? yeah. I haven't met her yet, but it's apparently shut it's up. been going on like nine uh, years. Shut up. Nobody, nobody with a haircut like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a haircut at 11 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we By go. By his girlfriend. Yeah, I'm sure. Same, uh, same she, girl. Same she, girl. Same girl. Same girl. We're going to see him next day. It's going to be perfectly the same as it was. Exactly. Today. Yeah, my girlfriend gave me hair. Yeah, she Everybody took a half inch off. Yeah, Can't yeah, you tell? See this? <laughs> some highlights and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah. my. No, you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. I, I do agree that, that we, we are so. Uh, we get really wound up about a lot of stuff, mm. you know, which goes back to our alien conversation. You know, it's a big, big universe out there. Maybe your your issues aren't as big as you think they are. Maybe I always said this. It's the funniest thing. It's a good analogy. It's a good analogy. So I went to South Dakota State University, right? Mm-hmm. I was from Iowa, but I went to SDSU. Loved it. Great college. But got there and there was automatically clearly a divide between West River and East River. Oh, that goddamn river. Oh, boy. Gets you every time. Oh, boy. That Missouri River was everything to them kids. I tell you what. Really? If you were from East River, you were a yuppie, you know, urbanite and uh, didn't know how to work and all this kind of stuff. And West River, you were some kind of hick that lived out in the sticks on 10 miles of gravel and you never seen, you know, neon lights in your life and whatnot. And and uh, and I'm going to school and I'm just looking at both sides and going, dudes. Uh, you guys all know you're from South Dakota, right? You got like, you got like, you got like 800,000 people in the whole state. You better, you better get together. You, you might, you might want to get on the same side because there's not enough of you, you know, yeah. to, to divide right. yourselves. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Where that was the same way with uh, growing up, like, uh, between Kingsley, uh, Kingsley and Mobile when I was in high school yeah. or, you know, the river, we called them the river rats. My girlfriend was a, is a river rat, you know, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. that's, you're dating a river rat. I know, right? Uh, but it's just like, yeah, yeah. Once you get a little bit of life experience, you realize that that shit is just minuscule and does not fucking matter in the grand scheme of literally anything, you know, and it's, uh, I, I just wish people would figure that out, uh, now <laughs> instead of, yeah, so freaking late. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Box, you look like you're going to say something. Are you just staring off at the floor? I'm not looking at the floor. I'm looking above the camera. Oh, okay. You, you, I'm not really looking at you anything. Had this, I'm just kind of, he had the same look on his face. He says when he's like, this I can always tell and usually tell when Box is going to say something important because he's got this look on his face. But you apparently, think I have important things to say sometimes. Oh. 
I, I enjoy your input occasionally. Other times, not so much. No, I was just thinking about racism and whether or not I should bring it up. Well, I mean, how we brought up every other subject tonight. Might as well. What's your... What's your... It, it's along the same lines. Uh, like, <clears throat> it really came into my mind the other day. I saw something. I mean, you see it all the time on, on social media posts. Something about a person of color and somebody white disagrees. And it has nothing to do with that person's color or anything. Right. And somebody will immediately jump on, sounds pretty white to me. What did he say that had anything to do with the person's color at all? Nothing at all. But you had to throw all this fucking race into it. Because he's white, he can't disagree because that person was was colored. It's almost always... The person saying that is almost always white, too. Like, uh, it blows my mind. Right? No shit. Or the the news articles that say somebody somebody tried to murder somebody and got shot by another person. If the guy that got shot was black and the guy that shot him was white. They put it in there. White person shoots black, you know. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? That has absolutely nothing to do with anything of the the conversation, you know. And that's... Mm -hmm. but. It's all about freaking clicks and money. The more people that click on that article because, oh, it was racially charged, guess what? They're getting more freaking money for it, and they're going to sure as hell say it, you know? I think more people need to do that is follow the money. That fucking everything is financially motivated these days. Right. Absolutely everything. Yeah, a lot of it. The media, yeah. politics, everything. I would agree. And nobody, nobody realizes that. They're like, oh, we're just being manipulated. 100%. 100%. Uh, does anybody know what time it is? Like 9.30, 9.45, I don't know. Yeah. You got the time over there? Yeah, 9.46. Your mm-hmm. wife calling you to get home? Get yeah. your f***ing ass here. Well, I got to go get the... Oh, she already got the... Went and got the, the seven-year-old, so... Oh. Well, yeah. it I was... It was a good episode, though. We should, we probably should call it quits. It's fun. It's, it's good. You guys, you guys got a, a good show here. I love the conversation. I love the. I, I love mean, the not all of them are this good. Most of them are garbage. Them. Yeah. Is that <laughs> I, right? I, I, I've listened to a few of them that were good. But. I've, this is probably one of my favorite episodes we've yeah, had. It's been a good I've, one. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, but yeah, uh, good, good. We probably should call it quits. So, uh, Scott, thanks for being on. I greatly appreciate it. And, anytime, anytime. Come well, back anytime. You guys are, you guys are great. Uh, you know, see you guys around town. Golf league on, on, on Thursday, on Thursday night. We'll yeah, see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'll be there. And, uh, get the Sam in the fire department. We'll have the meeting tomorrow night. So I'm not sure if I'll be there or not. Yeah. I got, dude, August is freaking insane. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'll make it or not, but no problem. Um, hey, it's a volunteer force. You, you, you're there when you can be there. And is. when you got something else, you're, you got something else. That's yep. the way it is. Yeah. Uh, box last, any, any final thoughts or you, you want a shot of wild turkey? Before you leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. I Good. Don't I don't either. Really don't. <laughs> Thank you. <Tempting>. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys, for sticking around. Make sure you check out our sponsors, Ballistic Imagery, to BallisticImagery.com, as well as on his Facebook, and Shyworks, and Shyworks.com, as well as on Facebook and uh, and Twitter. So, uh, yeah, guys, we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for sticking around. If you, uh, if you enjoy if you enjoy what we heard, make sure you check out our uh, website, LifeShortLiveFree.com, our Facebook, and go and uh, tell us if you uh, want to hear certain subjects or if you enjoyed the podcast, whatever. But, yeah, like I said, we'll be back in two weeks. So we talk to then. Remember, life's short, live free. God bless. God bless the United States of America. Defund the ATF. Repeal the NFA. <laughs> Grow food. Become ungovernable. I think the FBI is going under the 100%. <laughs> yeah.